Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. Hi everyone, welcome along and thank you once again for downloading this particular episode of the Suns Hooked on Wrestling. Delighted to be back with you once again as we creep ever closer to the wonder that is WrestleMania 34. I know I'm getting more and more excited about it. How about you, my good friend and colleague, Mr. Showbiz Paul Benson? Oh. What I forgot to mention about this week's show is that Paul's on holiday. Um, but the wonderful thing is that you're not going to just listen to me and my opinions for two hours. Although, let's face it, that's what most weeks are like. Paul gets about three minutes of total time and I get the other one hour 57. But what we're going to do is we're going to introduce you to four friends of Hooked on Wrestling. Four of the very important and ever-growing How team that help us to put our shows together all over the country. And indeed, all across the world, because we're venturing across into North America for the first time. If you're new to us, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, welcome along. Thank you for listening. Um, we are Hooked on Wrestling, and what we do, our raison d'etre, if you like, is to put on Hooked on Wrestling pay-per-view parties coinciding with the big show. So the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and a few others in between, uh, depending on where we are. We will host an evening in a bar, so we'll have a nice uh, Hooked On Wrestling quiz, we play some wrestling tunes, we encourage a bit of cosplay, we'll give out some prizes uh, all the way through the night, and depending on what venue you're in, uh, we'll have some other little fun ventures going on as well. But crucially, of course, once it turns midnight, we'll be screening WrestleMania and we can all watch the pay-per-view together. We have been doing this for just over five years now. We have grown from a one-off small event in Shepherd's Bush to about 80 people to this coming April the 8th running 23 pay-per-view parties, uh, mostly all over Great Britain. But indeed, we are for the first time going into North America. We have a Hooked on Wrestling party in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. How do you like that? So normally, I am here on the Hooked On podcast with my pal Paul, as I mentioned previously, but he is on holiday. He's still working, by the way, beavering away there next to the swimming pool uh, with his laptop open and a nice glass of carver in his hand. Um, But uh, he's left me to hold down the fort. But I thought rather than just um, me giving you my opinions on WrestleMania, that we'd bring in some of the teams. So now that we are in all of these different venues, we require a great great many people to assist us. Would you believe that our team of just hooked on helpers is over? over 50 uh, for this Wrestlemania involving hosts, involving people that help put things together on the technical side of things and so forth. So we are introducing you to some of them uh, on this particular show. So joining me uh, to talk about four different matches, the four matches that we've picked out that we think would be on the top of the card will be some of our hosts and indeed helpers. We will have Gilligan Gordon who is our host at our Chester Hooked on Wrestling Party. Those of you that have been to previous shows in Chelmsford and Cardiff may know Gilligan, and he's also been on the uh, the UK wrestling scene as a manager, commentator and wrestler. 
we will have Jade O'Malley, who is hosting for us in Leicester. Uh, Jade has worked behind the scenes in TNA. She's been part of the Hooked On team uh, for our Bruce Pritchard shows uh, last summer. Indeed, I think everyone that's, uh, that's a guest this week was part of the Bruce shows. Uh, like I say, she'll be hosting in Leicester. Um, Gilligan will be talking to us um, uh, about uh, his choice of match, or the match he was been given anyway, was uh, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Jade will be talking us through the mixed tag match between Stephanie McMahon and Triple H versus Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey. We will also have on the show Chris Hatch. Chris is a familiar face and voice to some of you. Uh, if you're big on the UK wrestling scene in companies like IPW, Rev Pro, and various others, Chris is a referee, a ring announcer, and uh, all around good egg, basically. Um, Chris is our host in Newbury. That's Newbury in Berkshire, not West Newbury, home to John Cena, as, uh, as Paul would like me to be uh, to stress a great deal. I don't know what any of you are going to uh, to John Cena's hometown. Although maybe you never know. We're in Bret Hart's. Maybe one day we'll be in John Cena's. Um, so Chris will be on hand, and he's going to talk to us uh, about Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, and then also, uh, not a host for one of our parties, but he is a, a an integral part. He really is uh, our music man, our DJ, our sound guy, our techie, and our rock at our London parties when we'll be at the Clapham Grand on April the 8th. That is DJ Stevie Cox. He's the one that's responsible uh, for all the wonderful tunes that you'll hear when you come to our London show. And that London show, I will say, is getting quite close to being sold out. We're uh, we're down into uh, double digits in terms of how many tickets we've got left. And if you are thinking of coming to join our London show, we are at the Clapham Grand, very near to uh, Clapham Junction in London. It's our flagship show, and I'm not just saying that because it's the one that I'm involved with and that I host, but it is where we've been uh, in London throughout the uh, the history of Hooked On, and uh, we are ecstatic to be back at the Clapham Grand for a, a third consecutive pay-per-view. It's a, a fantastic venue, and we're looking forward to joining you for that. I am not going to do a poll and go through all of the other venues, um, but suffice to say that wherever you are in the UK, uh, there's a very fair chance that we will be somewhere near you. If we're not, there are notable exceptions in the far northeast, the far southwest, in Wales and up in Scotland, um, in parts of Scotland anyway, because we uh, we do have some shows there. Um, if we have not got to you, we apologise. Um, it's just a, a quirk sometimes of what places are available, what hosts are available, what demand there is, etc. But in places, for example, like Cardiff, where we've had some good times before, we will certainly be back. Uh, sometimes it's just a case of uh, certain things playing against us. But like I said, we do have 23 shows uh, that will come at you. We've got a couple... Uh, around the capital, including a VIP one with Andy Shepard hosting. Andy, Shed, Andy is the uh, the voice of WWE in the UK. Um, we have others uh, sort of on the fringes of the home counties, but we have ones in Liverpool and in Leeds and in Manchester and in Nottingham and in Cleethorpes and in Newbury and in all sorts of weird and wonderful places. And uh, we hope you will be able to get along. Um, people that we have involved this time, we have some of our long-standing hosts, such as Danny Hope in Manchester, Ben Brown in Liverpool, uh, in, what, uh, previously in Liverpool, now in Leeds, um, Richard Young out there in Cleethorpes has been at our Nottingham shows before. So some uh, some well-established hooked-on hosts are going to be on hand. Steve Linsky, of course, another hooked-on mainstay. Um, we will also welcome in some uh, some new members to the team, including we were the, one of our most recent uh, uh, revelations that we will have the great Jody Fleisch, a, a real mainstay of the UK scene for for many many years. Uh, Jody is going to be hosting, so is Doug Williams and Joseph Connors and uh, various other British wrestling names. Increasingly so, um, we are having some names that are established within. 
the wrestling field. Lana Austin was another one that was uh, was announced this week. Um, so wherever you are, check out hookedonevents.co.uk. That's where we want you to go. Hookedonevents.co.uk. Or you can come to our Facebook page. Uh, just look for HO underscore wrestling. Have I got that right, Paul? I probably haven't. But look for Hooked on Wrestling and Hooked on Events on Facebook. And it's, uh, it's definitely HO Wrestling uh, on uh, Twitter. And you can find us on all those social medias uh, and get along and find out all the details. So what you are looking for also in terms of if you want some uh, some tickets, uh, you can go to ringsideworld.co.uk as well as hookedonevents.co.uk. Uh, the prices for each uh, venue uh, vary a little, um, but and some of them have different deals on drinks and there's all sorts of uh, things going on. It really is worth your while finding out those details rather than having uh, me prattle on for them for too long but what I will say uh, about those parties in particular is if you can't get along to Wrestlemania to watch it live in the venue in New Orleans genuinely the next best thing is to come and watch it with us the most frequent question we get asked is well how come if I'm paying 9.99 a month for the network so effectively I've already paid for the network why would I come and watch it and pay some more money well the answer is you've got your chance to win some prizes you've got your chance to uh, watch it in a social environment have a few drinks you've also got the chance to make new friends that genuinely happens we have people come on their own uh, and leave with buddies that they'll come back with time and time again uh, but more than anything it's the atmosphere nothing beats being with a crowd of wrestling fans even if it's you know a few dozen in some of our smaller venues right up into five or six hundred uh, in some of our bigger ones uh, in which case you can join in you can sing you can chant you can wear your wrestling gear we don't have too many people bringing signs but if you want to do that we're not going to discourage it um so just get in the mood basically come along cheer scream boo do what you need to do get in the mood uh, it is a great night and basically um, if you are looking for an atmosphere and an environment to watch a pay-per-view you cannot do more than join us so coming up we'll be talking to some of our hosts as I've said and they're going to be talking us through some individual Wrestlemania matches but right at the end of the show I'm going to pop back and I'm going to talk about the major subject of the week which I would say obviously is the clearance the medical clearance of one Daniel Bryan I think we're all very excited to see uh, someone that has been he's had his Wrestlemania moments there was certainly a, a huge reaction when uh, oh wow was it four years ago I guess it was now uh, that uh, that Daniel Bryan uh, emerged victorious at Wrestlemania that was certainly a, a big moment in uh, in hooked on history um, and I'm sure he's going to produce some more it looks like he's going to be involved in Wrestlemania and beyond so what we did was uh, went onto our Facebook page earlier on today and said after WrestleMania, after he is, we assume it's going to be Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. After that, what would you like to do with Daniel Bryan, or what would you like to see happen? So um, that is a question that uh, I have put to our four contributors on this podcast. They've all given their opinion on who they'd like to see Daniel Bryan wrestle in the future, and some of you have done on Facebook as well. So at the end of the show, after we've gone through some of our WrestleMania matches, we will come back with some thoughts on Daniel Bryan but uh, let's indeed get straight into the uh, the meat of this podcast like I say four key members of Team How uh, are joining us and we shall begin with the match between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura one that has uh, definitely captured the attention I think of most wrestling fans as I, as I believe I say on one of the recordings I think if we polled the Hooked On audience 
dare I call it the Howe universe? No, I don't think so. Um, but if we were to poll you all, I'm sure that uh, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura will be the match that people are most looking forward to at this year's WrestleMania. Um, as you can probably tell, I'm doing this intro at the end. I've already done all the uh, the recordings. Um, and it's quite interesting to... Uh, so while I was recording them, I didn't know what order they were going to go out in. Um, so I tried to refrain from saying, oh, someone's already said that. But it is interesting to see what topics come up over and again. Uh, you'll hear us talk about AJ versus Nakamura in this first section uh, with Gilligan Gordon. And then from there on, you'll hear um, other people talk about that very same match as being the one that they're most looking forward to. Uh, and indeed, when we're talking about early WrestleMania memories, I think three of our four mentioned WrestleMania 8, and in particular mentioned Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper so it's interesting to see the uh, the similarities in people's uh, responses so first of all uh, we're going to hear from Gilligan Gordon uh, talking about AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura we will then move on to Stevie Cox who is speaking about John Cena versus The Undertaker after that it will be Chris Hatch and he'll be discussing Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. And then finally, Jade O'Malley, who will be talking about Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. And when it's all done, we'll come back and it'll be me and we'll have a little chat about Daniel Bryan. So first of all, let's hear from Gilligan and we're talking AJ versus Shinsuke. So Gilligan, thinking back, what would be your first WrestleMania memory, do you think? Uh, it would... WrestleMania 8. Right, okay. It's the one that sort of stands out for. I know certainly when I talk to most of my peers around the same age, um, and it's it's that image of a bloodied Ric Flair and uh, a valiant Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, just the bit at the end where you've got Flair stood aghast and Savage trying to regain himself. That's probably the moment of victory and jubilation that I, I remember most from my first WrestleMania experience. Interesting. Um, I, and I realise that's actually... I always refer to WrestleMania 8 as being sort of my first WrestleMania as well. Um, and I, I... Well, I was going to say I, I believe we're about the same age. In fact, I know yep. how old you are because oh. I've done my research before this because uh, to let a little bit of daylight in upon magic to the, to the listeners, um, we connected a little bit earlier on on Skype just to make sure that uh, we had each other's details and it flashed up that it was your birthday today and I thought I thought it was for some sort of Rusev Day gimmick but I did a little bit of digging online and it is your birthday so happy birthday sir thank you very much uh, for, I don't know for posterity if they need to know exactly what day it is but uh, for anyone that's trying to fish for details online to commit any fraud uh, <laughs> 22nd of March you don't have to look too hard <laughs> for that we've, we've saved those identity thieves a, yeah. a small part of their job there <laughs> Um, but yeah, so w- that would that would uh, make sense in terms of um, in WrestleMania's lining up for me. That WrestleMania eight one is a, I think it's a funny one in people's minds because it's it's a WrestleMania that a lot of people that I know are very fond of um, because it was kind of a formative mania for us because I pe- speak to people of you know roughly our age. If you go a little bit older and a little bit younger, especially those that are younger, and they they have looked back at WrestleMania eight, you know. In hindsight, I don't think it's quite as loved as th- that by us. Cause I think we have a slightly you know, more rose-tinted look at it than Shawn Michaels' spectacles at the time. Well, ex- exactly, and there's some very, very prominent highlights from that mania. Uh, the Legion of Doom on the stage, Hogan uh, and Sid with the, the ropes and the Warriors return, Piper and uh, the Hitman is one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. But if you look at those outside of isolation, 
you, you wouldn't pick those out of a list to go oh I really want to see that moment they're sort of emotionally attached memories I think for, for our generation I think the, the, the Piper Brett match was one that um, Paul and I talked about on the, on the podcast last week in in almost like a, I would say a hidden classic because I don't think it's too hidden away. I mean, it's Bret Hart and Roddy Piper for goodness sake. But yeah. um, there are other matches that I think jump to mind. Maybe Piper being higher profile in earlier WrestleManias, and with Bret, you know, with matches like Austin and Owen and that kind of thing. It's almost it's, it's a little bit of a, a silent classic. It is a it is a cracking match. Would it would it be would it rank in your sort of all time WrestleMania matches? Yes, I top five easily. Um, if I was if I was to catalogue everything and have it all in front of me, I'd, I'd still pick that. I, I don't think there's any looking past the sort of Shawn Michaels Undertaker mm-hmm. uh, from 25. Uh, and you've got again from that same WrestleMania, Flair and Savage. Um, there's a few others that would be close, but I think that Piper Brett match, which is saying something. So I'm not a huge Bret Hart fan, uh, but that match particularly shows the, his better qualities as a, as a uh, man in peril yeah I, I would uh, I would agree as someone that is a, very, is a big Bret Hart fan I would still I would still agree with you I do think that's a, what what I personally was always a, uh, a Bret fan of was the fact that he, he was able to um, sort of negotiate his way around different opponents very well whoever he was with to me he, he, uh, he adapted really well and, he, and of course Sean is a, another prime example of that and I don't think too many people will be uh, disagreeing with your assertion of, uh, uh, of Sean v Undertaker um, if we just uh, move on to this year's Wrestlemania then um, you're going to be our host in Chester um, does this make is this your third different um, Howl party in different venues so far? third venue uh, so I've hosted a number in Cardiff where I've made some uh, uh, some very good friends actually with some of the um, clientele I had a, a very successful Chelmsford debut for us uh, at the Royal Rumble and then, yeah, this, so this marks uh, venue number three so you're a, you're a utility player in the Howe team very much along the uh, the Steve Linsky line we like to sort of fit him in uh, where yeah. we can but you're, uh, you're much appreciated and of course you were uh, as indeed I think everyone on the uh, on the podcast uh, this week is uh, we're a bit of a Team Bruce member as well. You helped us out with the uh, uh, the Bruce Pritchard shows last summer. How did you enjoy that? Oh, what a... I nearly said what a character, but he's so beyond that. Um, what an eye-opening, uh, life-changing experience to sit and listen to someone who's been that close to everything. I think my biggest takeaway from it was that these are just guys. You know, he's a, such a down-to-earth... Uh, guy, considering he's most known for standing there and going, I love you. <laughs> um, just such a, a, a decent human being on the back of it. Oh, and his Vince story and impressions are the best I've ever heard. Yeah, there's still this. Do you know what? To this day, I mean, that was when did when did Bruce come over? Was it July, June, July last year? Ju- um, yeah, summertime last year. It was yeah. In the summertime, and we're now in March, so we've, we've been on eight, nine months or so and there's still a couple of stories he told not just us kind of in private as it were but also on stage in a couple of those venues that I've not heard come out on the podcast yet I cannot wait until I hear them for uh, uh, for the wider world to enjoy particularly one about uh, uh, Vince and uh, Vince and, the, and a limo for, for that I'm not going to give any more of the way than that no. but uh, Vince and a limo story is going to come at one point and uh, it's uh, it's something else oh Vince and, and Vince and Bruce in court as well is another uh, 
and had an absolute <laughs> stormer. Anyway, that's uh, just I don't know what we're doing. We're just indulging yeah. ourselves here now, mate. Um, but uh, just one more one more thing on the on the how front before we talk about uh, WWE WrestleMania itself. Um, what's been your so of your, of your stints in Cardiff and Chelmsford so far, and indeed Chester, I think we only give you ones we've been able to see. I think that might be the uh, uh, the thing it's, for you. So you're desperately hoping for one in sort of Catalonia or something, so you can uh, be a bit more uh, exotic. Well, Canada was uh, Canada oh, yeah. was the tease. Yeah, indeed, Calgary. Yeah, maybe you could have been on the Calgary list. Although that would have been a, a double. Yeah, double C. Or, or the um, uh, may- <laughs> maybe for you in your part of the world, Cheltenham. <laughs> Just be easier for you <laughs> if we ever run yeah. if we ever run a Cheltenham. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so what, what have you enjoyed so far? What's been your uh, your experiences as uh, as a host? I I always I, I hate cliches and I hate I try and avoid those sorts of things. But genuinely, the passion of the people that have turned up uh, and the the fact that these people want to be there and they're so exuberant and vibrant that they'll take part in the fancy dress and the quizzes and other uh, they're so engaged with what we're doing it makes it it's my ah, I, I know that we'll probably talk about Wrestlemania live experiences later on but I'm looking forward to being there amongst the people that have attended the events I've been to so far uh, and this is from someone who spent the last two years on the other side of the pond uh, actually in the venues that's a, um, that's a good point so uh, yeah, so what are you expecting to be there? I mean, you've experienced some sort of other pay-per-view parties, but um, so what are you expect? What what takeaway would you get then from the ones you've actually been at, and what, how would you compare from what you've seen so far? Uh, well, you can't you can't beat the atmosphere of the Hardys' return last year. Yeah, great. Yeah. Into that was just an that was a moment in time to steal a, a phrase. Mm. Um, but there's some things this this year that could potentially uh, Daniel Bryan. It's now he's officially cleared to return to the ring, so hopefully, fingers crossed, that'll be at WrestleMania. Uh, Undertaker versus John Cena is on the brink of being announced. That could, that's going to be huge. Um, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Which could pot- potentially have some echoes of WrestleMania 20. <laughs> yeah, uh, it could do. Uh, so, but the atmosphere for those, regardless of which direction it goes, the atmosphere is going to be what I'm looking forward to most and what I'm anticipating. Uh, and that's without even talking about the caliber of actual matches mm-hmm. that we're going to be treated to. Indeed, yeah. So uh, I think um, I think this has been a bit of a slow burner WrestleMania. I think even after the Rumble, which was a great Raw Rumble. I wasn't sort of feeling it WrestleMania-wise, but just in the last couple of weeks, things have started to come together, and this is completely without um, without Brian's return. So I think it's been, it's kind of got me in the last couple of years. I know it's coming. Every year I always have a, a moment where WrestleMania sort of gets me. Sometimes it's the first week of January. Sometimes it's about five o'clock on, on Mania Day, but it always gets me at some point, and it, it's kind of uh, got me around about now. Um, the match that I want to talk to you about specifically, we're going to go a bit more in-depth, is AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, um, earlier on, we were discussing who was going to be on the podcast and when I was going to call each guest and who was going to have which match. We kind of at random went, well, you have this one, you have this one, you have this one. But I sensed from talking to you just before we started recording that uh, <laughs> this, w- this would have been the one you had chosen anyway. Is that a fair comment? Uh, that is very fair to say. But then I actually, uh, on reflection, after making that brazen statement that it'll be easy... Um, it's actually there's not really that much you can say about it because 
the match very much speaks for itself um and, and they are, I've, I've, I do for my sins go a lot online and read uh, other people's opinions on wrestling and there's been a lot of negativity about how they're building this match up and you alluded to it there sometimes it's, it's been a bit of a slow burner this this Wrestlemania but the match builds itself mm-hmm. how, how do you take one of the what, uh, one of the best matches of all time and rebuild it you, you don't you just tell people it's happening but the the build to this is it really started back in uh, with AJ Styles' debut and the two had some barbs on Twitter and there was a, a brief tease in a ladder match last summer but other than that the match it, like I said it speaks absolutely for itself I think it does and I think what's interesting is if if you look at history and some matches that you've had before and I want to say things like Triple H versus Undertaker or maybe even last year Brock Lesnar and Goldberg was that last year Brock Lesnar and Goldberg I'm losing my yeah. track um, yeah. but matches like that where you've had quote unquote legends and if you want to argue down this road part timers but certainly legends and those that, whose name and their history you know really yeah. resonates with fans they've kind of done you know we make an odd appearance here and there we stand and look at each other say some platitudes but all the other weeks you just run videos and run highlights packages and run promos and build for it this is almost the first time, I think, that a match between... Well, maybe the first time I want to say since something like Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, where you've had two proper legends of the game during their, you know, during their prime, almost. I know they're both you know, up there in terms of you know, late 30s or early 40s, but they're still in their prime physically, one would think. And actually, you don't need to do angles or developments or week-to-week storylines or anything. You just want to watch them wrestle. So it's almost, you feel like you could, they could have given them both a couple of months off. And just yeah. said, you know, just you don't need to do too much, lads. And it's, I, I, I think they could have done some of the greatest promos and most creative builds ever, or they could have just had the two of them doing, you know, matches with Max Mini and Hornswoggle for eight weeks, and it really wouldn't have mattered. I think when bell time comes, there'll be a hell of a lot of people that probably haven't even watched SmackDown for the last ten weeks. They just want to see this match, and they're just so excited about it. So, you said that it, it started the build, you know, when they when they faced up. I'd argue that the build started. You know, before they got to have their first match at Wrestle Kingdom, and yep. that, you know that was such a good match. It's not, it's not one of those ones that people have been going, "Oh, we don't need to see that again." You know, it was tremendous, and now we're going to get to see it in a, a more familiar North American WWE's Western Forum, as it were. Not that any to throw any uh, disparagement on the um, on the Japanese product, but a lot of us are more familiar with the WWE style. So I think that's the exciting aspect of it. And and I think you'll get a lot of. WWE will let people walk the line sometimes uh, NXT is the best example of this where they will put their slant on something that's established uh, if you look at actually uh, the, the best example in recent memory is Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which for my money if it wasn't for Chris Roberts and Shea Purser at the end of the year would have been the match of the year uh, but that's a story for a different podcast um, that well-known Chris but, Roberts classic that was always yeah. there, that was always due one day, which again sleeper hit. If anyone gets a chance to check it out, um, but we're here to, to talk WrestleMania. Um, that match was a British staple, and they took all the best bits that they've been doing and started putting the extra WWE sauce on it. And it's it's a classic. It it it's appeared on all of the WWE's lists, and all of the internet lists my personal list it's but it's had that 
control that WWE gives in my opinion uh, if you look at what AJ and Nakamura did in Japan the same with the, the likes of the Kenny Omega and uh, Okada matches there's certain bits that possibly needed tapering a little and that's what WWE will do so I'm my things are not even a sleeper classic but I think this is going to be the match of the show I think you're right I think you're right and uh, yeah some, sometimes the word sleeper is used Mr as a misnomer and I don't mean that as opposed to a rear naked joke I mean that people say yeah. sleeper when they uh, it's it kind of obvious this is not a sleeper this is an obvious choice but I think you're right to you're right to flag it up then there will be some other great matches I'm sure but um, is there a danger that we could go the other way with this we could expect the greatest thing of all time and if it falls ever so slightly below that people are going to go oh that didn't live up oh overrated can they actually live up to what's expected of them well, if you look at the bar for WWE, uh, for Nakamura's run so far, he started off with Sami Zayn mm -hmm. and set the bar ridiculously high, and he's not quite got back to that yet. True. But he's not been in the scenario where he could have. And this is putting him on the, the, the grandest stage of them all. With that big spotlight, I'm assuming there's... Uh, I'm hoping there's going to be big entrances for him all of the pomp and ceremony and then you've got him in there against the person who's pound for pound being the best wrestler WWE have had for the last two years mm -hmm. I, do, I, I don't see that there could be many potholes in it unless and this is the, the, the sort of shadow this whole injury speculation uh, is actually a lot closer to true than uh, than, than maybe is uh being revealed at the moment. Yeah, and if, if anyone's wondering what we're, what we're talking about there, and um, it's been a bit shady, but for the last few days there's been some reports about AJ having got injured uh, at a house show. Um, I actually know someone that was, you know, coincidentally, it was, it was at a house show in, in Madison Square Garden, and I happened to know someone that was there uh, over the weekend that was at the show. In fact, it's a, many of you will know them, it's a uh, uh, friend of Hooked on Wrestling, Vic Ram Sangar, and um, Vic was at the show in... Uh, in MSG and he said basically what happened was that AJ got help to the back you know you know, citing an injury but he said he came back out later on to make a save you know and it didn't it looked so in you know in that mind it looked like an angle in the sense that he was he was, yeah. attacked, he was attacked and disappeared and then he came back later on in the show to make a save to me if he was seriously injured Wrestlemania threateningly injured yeah then I kind of feel like you would have uh you know they would have found a way of you know keeping him out of it rather than having to come back and make a save. Admittedly, you know he didn't do a lot on SmackDown, so it's I don't know. It's a it's a it's a it's a question mark. But um, you know maybe if he's injured, it could be a little bit a, a small injury. It's a blessing in disguise. He can have his feet up for a couple of weeks, stay off TV. They can run some nice packages, and he'll be uh, fresh and healthy to go. Um, come April the eighth. Yeah, well if you look at, uh, they're certainly not worried about Nakamura being injured. If you watch the way he's throwing himself into what he's doing. Mm. Um, his matches with Rusev have been uh, well I think Rusev's just brilliant anyway but they're they're not short on impact that's for sure do you think that because um, although Nakamura has beaten Rusev um, they they don't seem to have had Nakamura win wonderfully and strongly and you know, decisively clinically in those matches with Rusev on TV does that suggests that they're not really expecting you to take Nakamura as seriously as a as a threat to AJ are they basically saying okay you two 
go and have a great match on Mania, but AJ's our guy going forward. Should we expect a title change is kind of what I'm asking. I I, I think they're probably just being a bit heavy-handed with trying to get this uh, AJ having to help him thing over. Mm. Um, and I think Rusev's an easy foil for that because of his size and his reputation. Yep. And he doesn't... Because Rusev Day is so over, he doesn't get hurt too much. Um, in terms of a title switch... I think what we're going to see is either in the the, the mania before, uh, sorry, the SmackDown before, will tell us, and it'll be whichever one of them gets fed up and lays out the other. If Nakamura lays out Styles, Styles will be keeping the title. In my uh, looking at the track record of what happens, if Styles gets fed up and lays out Nakamura, then he will be uh, Nakamura will be taking the belt. It's interesting, is it, perhaps, that we've been, you know, chatting about the match for a, a few questions, you know, backwards and forwards, and that's not necessarily the first thing that we went to. Is that a, a flaw of the match that you don't have, a lot of people don't have a dog in the fight, as it were, you don't, you're not really going into a, it's not a traditional, you know, hero versus villain match where you want the hero to win, you just want to see a good match. Will that harm it a little bit in the sense that they won't necessarily be, you know, a partisan crowd cheering for one guy? No, I mean, if you look at the list of matches that we've already gone over, um, Angle Michaels, uh, Bret Hart Piper, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels... Good point. The best matches in WrestleMania history haven't had... Uh, and I say that not in the uh, Al Snow, what made the most money, kid. Sorry, Al. Uh, but in, in terms of the technical prowess of the match, um, those three, just off the top of our heads nobody's really cared going in and and those are the ones that have stood out as spectacular wrestling matches because they've had uh, equal amounts of drama they've had yet yeah, the Undertaker one's a bit skewed because it had the streak um, but Angle Michaels was just two of arguably the best ever at their primes going at it and same with Piper Brett um, although Hitman did go further than that it I don't think it matters, really. Not a very fair point. That's, that's a good, it's a well-reasoned answer as well. Um, just finally on this match, I think, unless uh, you want to add anything there yourself afterwards, um, we often talk about uh, wrestlers that head out to Japan. You know, currently there's some, you know, some British stars doing fantastically. Zack Sabre Jr. this week, you know, uh, having, a, having yep. a great time out there. Um, and American wrestlers that go out there, such as Cody, or, or North American, I should say, because I was going to mention Kenny Omega. So there's lots of talk about sort of the, the British or American uh, influence in Japan, um, and in terms of spreading New Japan. So obviously you can watch New Japan World online. There were a record number of people apparently this year that watched uh, Wrestle Kingdom, possibly because of Jericho. There's all these things are talked about, but I don't think it's necessarily talked about the other way. Do you think there might be a few more Japanese eyes on WrestleMania this year? Because not only is Nakamura getting a WrestleMania match, but also... AJ Styles, um, AJ Styles, who is um, oh, yeah. you know well known to them. So that match in particular, and as you, as, as you quite rightly say, people like Asuka as well would uh, would add some extra on top of him. Uh, WWE, I, I wouldn't say have built a reputation on this uh, more recently, but if you look at what their foundation was, they went round and they suffocated all of the territories. So if they can do things that will turn that audience on. Uh, to their product sexually is a, a totally different matter uh, but if they can bring eyes onto their products 
they will do. Uh, the British UK Championship tournament, uh, I've got friends who've been through the system who have said it was rumoured for years they were going to do something over here. Finally, someone else does something, creates some buzz. So they thought, right, now's our chance. New Japan is as hot as it's ever been. Hotter even, as you said, Jericho going over and Rey Mysterio and all these other... Um, taking eyes that way so for WWE to put on a marquee match short of re-signing Cody or Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks or one of those staples or Okada Tanahashi they've done everything within their power to say actually guys we can own this if we want Uh, especially because New Japan have started creeping into their house well yes I mean there's certainly much more of a presence in there in North America with their link up with ROH and uh, and other yep. things so yeah I think that's um, yeah that's a good point as well I, I hadn't really um, uh, I hadn't really sort of thought about it a great deal until quite recently and it was just the fact that we were always talking about the you know wh- how much we watch Wrestle Kingdom well this is just a little bit of a uh, a shot the other way because I, I think there'll be Japanese fans that are, are into the WWE product and will be big AJ Styles guys because of how how important he was there uh, out in Japan as well. Um, m- moving us on, um, kind of to wrap up really. Um, earlier on, um, I said to you off air that uh, I'm going to ask you about anything else you're looking forward to on WrestleMania, and we'll talk about the uh, the return of Daniel Bryan. And you said, well, in fact, you, tell me now what you said to me just then. Uh, it's it's one and the same. I like that answer. It's it's... One, to, to you, it's one and the same. So that would be the thing that you're most looking forward to about WrestleMania, other than the match we've just spoken about. Yes. I, I'm, I am not afraid to say, and I'm not ashamed to say, I, I bawled my eyes out Wednesday morning <laughs> watching, there's a, a four minute video at the start of Smackdown and his opening promo absolutely reduced me to tears, because you can see how much it means to him uh, and you can see the passion that he had, which got him to where it, where it took him and this is going to be the first time in two years that he's going to get to do this. It, it, I, I don't know how anyone could not be buzzing. Um, the social media tells you all that you need to know about that uh, because Twitter exploded, Facebook exploded, people on Instagram. Every form of social media was flooded with this news. Mm-hmm. W, WWE have got to be rubbing their hands together going, thank the stars. They really have. And I've seen plenty of people saying... Uh, oh, I wish they'd have revealed it on TV. And say, yeah, that's fair enough, but revealed online, record social media numbers, and then highest SmackDown uh, rating in a year. So, yes. you know, that was a, you know, that was a, a big, big thumbs up to them. Um, in terms of them, you know, did they prove they did it the right way? That was a huge reaction he got Absolutely. live and indeed, you know, around the world because the ratings were so yeah. good. And could you imagine, people would have been shocked live. So you would have had possibly. 30 seconds to a minute of maybe deathly silence before everything kicked in maybe I'm only over exaggerating that a bit because there would have been a pop eventually but would people have believed it if he then got immediately let out whereas they've they've sent people into that building going you're going to get this announcement mm-hmm. absolute master stroke yeah. absolute master stroke I, I was going to say, and the, the other most more exciting, possibly than just Mania, is the possibilities it opens. Because Daniel Bryan and Nakamura has been, well, he wanted it. That was one of his requests. Um, 
AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Bobby Roode, all of these Samoa Joe. Oh, I'd have even thought of that one. Brian and Joe in WWE would be just absolutely stunning. At the end of the show, we've we've put a question on our on our Facebook group earlier on in the uh, on in the day. Um, at the end of the show, I'm going to discuss some of the uh, uh, the, the suggestions from from our readers and from our uh, our supporters of our how parties. Um, but before that, I'm asking each of uh, each of the hosts that we're speaking to uh, to give me one match. To give me one match that you want to see. It doesn't have to be the next one. It doesn't have to be. You know, the next pay-per-view could be at SummerSlam, it could be next year's WrestleMania, but at some point, now that Daniel Bryan is back, what is the one match that you want to see him wrestle? Uh, can I have two? One of them won't ever happen, Okay. Um, but one of them will. The one that won't ever happen is him and Shawn Michaels. Okay, well, yeah. Which, uh, uh, but that, again, that's been for as long as he was hot, so 2010, whenever it was. Uh, no, sorry, 2012, when Daniel Bryan came in. Um... If of that of those ones the one that I'd want the most honestly probably Kevin Owens really okay or, no Joe oh <laughs> it's so put me on the spot I, I really have all of those lists all of those ones in that list I, I wouldn't care if it was any of them I tell you uh, what, I'll but, give you Owens I'll give you Owens because I think that's yeah. going to happen you know whether we get the tag match or whatever we get at uh, Wrestlemania I think to see Brian versus Owens quite soon yeah, it's extremely likely. So I'll give you that one, and I'll give you Zayn, and you can give me you give me a different one. Uh, uh, I'd, I'd go with Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Yeah, because think of think of what Daniel Bryan. This is the guy who, when they were building Roman Reigns up and needed someone to uh, like just marginally get him across the line to WrestleMania, uh, they went, "Yeah, we're at Daniel Bryan," and Daniel Bryan still got more over being a shitbag heel. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. That's okay. You'll have one. Um, but to put him as it will be uh, have echoes of how he was with Bray Wyatt, uh, where he was getting dominated and thrown around. But he is as the underdog fighting from underneath with Samoa Joe, who when he his run in WWE so far has been absolutely stellar mm-hmm. uh, from an in-ring perspective. Agreed. So that that would be the one, Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan. That's a great call. It's a great call. Um, just as we wrap up then, um, so you'll be hosting in Chester. Everyone can get along to uh, uh, to that show uh, and enjoy. Um, and uh, anything else you'd like to uh, to mention that you're um, up to at the moment or uh, your social media, that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, so at Gilligan Gordon for all updates on uh, where I'll be on Twitter. Um, I haven't got much of a presence just yet on Facebook in terms of outside my personal. Um but yeah, the, the the only main thing really that I got, it's really weird when I'm Gilligan Gordoning uh, in full at the minute. I'm trying to avoid living in a van down by the river, which which is taking me some very weird and wonderful places. So if anyone likes a, a, a an easy laugh and something to watch, check out some of the minute long clips that I've been putting up on Twitter. Um, they've been receiving rave reviews from all three people that have seen them. <laughs> Well, given the listenership of this show, I can I can promise we will nearly double it. So that'll nearly. be uh, <laughs> so that should be fun. So uh, make sure you you uh, you check that out. So that's at Gilligan Gordon on Twitter, uh, and Gilligan will be hosting our show up in Chester. Enjoy, my friend, and enjoy WrestleMania. Thank you, Rob. I'll speak to you soon, my friend. One of the main reasons for our success in London, I am absolutely certain 
is because of the man on the other end of the phone right now. It's DJ Stevie Cox, who is uh, who is our music man, our tech operator, our stressed-out, bald friend that you may see at uh, all the London shows. But uh, honestly, he is the glue that holds those parties together. How are you doing, Stevie? I- I'm doing very well, although I'd like to point out I'm bald by choice. I'm not naturally bald just yet. Is that true? Okay, oh, you do a good job of it then, because it's, uh, <laughs> it's shaved very tight, sir. You're also goateed by choice and thinning by choice as well. You're You're wasting away, sir. I'm trying to six stone down and keeping on going. <laughs> six, that, seriously, mate, that is really, really impressive. Someone that's uh, a little bit on the junky side myself, that uh, six stone is uh, incredibly. I would take six pound right now. <laughs> no, you look fine. Well, don't, don't, don't put yourself down, mate. Okay, well, this is no, no one wants to hear me and you talking about how fat we are. So let's go on with some, uh, <laughs> <laughs> some WrestleMania talk. Um, again, just to reference, um, if if you've been to any of our London shows, um. Uh, you'll have seen Steve um, holding things together, playing all the music. Uh, when did you first get involved? I'm trying to remember exactly when it was, because the first one that you got involved with was one of the very few that I've not been to, as I recall. So when was it? That's right. And both you and Paul were away, I think. Um, and Vikram Sangha was running the night. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what event it was. I can't. I don't think it was a Royal Rumble. Um, I think it might have been, might have been a SummerSlam. Yeah, I think I want to say it was it was it was a relatively early one because we've been going just over five years now. It's probably been about the second, maybe into the third year, but it was uh, I want to say something like two years in SummerSlam, yeah, something like that. I missed two or three, um, you know, in relatively early years, and then I, I think I've been ever present for the last seven or eight. But um, yeah, so I remember turning up to uh, to maybe our first one at, uh, at Walkabout Temple. I want to say it was the first time we met, and Paul said this guy, yeah. Uh, this guy Stevie's on the team now, and I didn't know you. And uh, well, we've been firm friends ever since. You were a great addition to the team. Is, is it been something? Is it something you look forward to? Ah, uh, it's without a doubt my favourite gigs that I do. Um, you know, I've been DJing for almost 24 years now, um, but there's nothing like sticking a tune on and hearing people just go yay. And the best ones have been at wrestling shows because I could just get the crowd involved and just get you guys involved. It's just a big laugh and with lovely people as well. So, yeah, it's all good. You answered another question of mine, which was I was going to say, uh, in terms of if people don't know your background, you are pretty used to um, DJing in some big places, some well-known venues indeed. I think, uh, I don't know if it was the last time or the last time but one you were on the podcast, you were uh, live from some festival or other and I could barely hear you for the uh, the noise in the background and the planes going over. You're a bit clearer tonight. But, uh, yeah, so you've, been, you've done some uh, some pretty cool gigs in your time. Yeah, yeah. Um, that particular gig was last year's Download Festival, um, which I'm doing this year again as well, which will be great fun. Um, I always love doing those shows. Uh, been over to Austria, to Manchester, London, just anywhere I can get gigs, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, an upcoming one is certainly at, uh, at, uh, in the Clapham Ground on April the 8th at WrestleMania. Steve's part of our London team where I'll be uh, hosting. And, uh, well, one of the matches... In fact, let's, let's, before we get onto this year's WrestleMania, ask you a couple of things about uh, previous ones. What's your sort of earliest WrestleMania memory, would you say? Uh Definitely. Uh, well, before I answer that, my favourite wrestler of all time is Macho Man Randy Savage. Okay. Um, I didn't really. I caught a little bit of WrestleMania four, but I didn't really understand it that much. But WrestleMania five was the first one I actually properly watched through, and just going through that and seeing the, the whole Mega Powers explode thing, um, I love the story of it leading up to that WrestleMania. And then um, 
I was cheering on Macho Man, but he lost, and ever since then, I've absolutely hated Hulk Hogan. So, <laughs> oh, it's time to let go, man. I, I can't. I can't let it go. 30... As long as he's got his handlebar moustache, I cannot let it go. Yeah, he's not losing that, by the way. Um, but, so yeah, 30 years next year, and uh, you're still not letting it go. Fancy that. Um, I always think that, that WrestleMania was one that, um, you know, looking back, um, I wasn't watching at the time. I sort of came into the things around about WrestleMania 8, but... Um, having watched a lot of the old stuff on the network, the Saturday night main events, that that kind of thing, I would argue that Hogan versus Macho Man would be up there as one of the best ever builds to a wrestling match in WrestleMania history. I think if you look at where that started more than a year beforehand, you know, with the Mega Powers and then with Savage winning the tournament and all the little things that went along the line building to to Hogan Savage has, has there ever been a better Wrestlemania build it's a good match as well I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from the match but the, the sort of 14-15 month build is uh, is legendary yeah absolutely I, I completely agree I, I don't think there's been anything like it since to be honest um, like that whole six month run with them as a tag team and everything that was going on with Miss Elizabeth the little little tells the little things that Macho Man was doing it's like the odd glance at Hogan when he touched Liz the wrong way and you could sort of see him slowly going mad and slowly turning against Hogan and then it all sort of exploded in one big in one sort of big event and it just went downhill for the storyline from there and yeah like I said it took a good 15 months and I don't think we ever have anything like that anymore no perhaps not perhaps not but um, if so if that's an early memory of yours now I'd imagine it's a good one it's stuck in your mind is that what else would sort of join that in your I don't want to do a sort of formulaic top three, top five, top ten sort of thing, but what would be some of the matches that instantly come to your mind as saying they're your sort of WrestleMania favourites? Um, well, I pretty much love the run that Shawn Michaels had when he, he faced The Undertaker, he had these Ric Flair match. Anything Shawn Michaels done at WrestleMania is pretty good for me, pretty much. Um, what other matches do I really like? I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of an old school fan, so I I do remember things like uh, Bret Hart Roddy Piper. That was just such a good match um, because it was a face versus face match that people weren't used to happening very often. Um, it's just a really good story. It's nice to see. I, I like the sort of almost honourable way they went about that match. Sort of at the end of it, they shook each other's hand. Piper wasn't doing his silly stuff where he just turned around and bashed someone over the head straight away. You know, it was good. It was it was a really good build up and a really good match. Um, I, I was sort of hoping that AJ and Nakamura were going to go that way as well, but it seems like what they're doing is need to face, and you know, I don't need your help, which is, yeah, okay, whatever. It'll be a great match, but we'll see. Um, other stuff that I've liked as well. Um, the first Stone Cold and Rock match. Okay. That's just like WrestleMania 15. Yep, WrestleMania 15. That was brilliant. Um, love those two guys going at each other. Um, I, I love the fact that we sort of learn, we're still learning today what they felt about each other back then. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that Stone Cold absolutely hated The Rock, thought he didn't deserve his position and was doing everything he could to like not let him be outshined. But over the three matches they had at WrestleMania, it turned from I hate him, I hate him, I hate him to actually yeah he deserves my spot on Stone Cold's side of things um, so I love that whole sort of thread of a story through their careers um, I think a lot of great rivalries have been built that way not just in uh, in wrestling because I think you can point to 
I think Rock Triple H have had a similar sort of um, relationship over the years, and I'm sure there's some other wrestlers that you can point to. But even in even in sport, you know, I'm sure that uh, you know you would get you know Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger, for example, might suggest that they don't like one another, but I bet they really you know, respected each other and wanting to beat the other one probably uh, spurred them on. I'm sure there were lots of other sporting. You know, I suspect that you know if you sat down Federer and Nadal and Cohen Ovet and also actually Cohen Ovet hated each other, but there's, there's I bet there's lots that um, you know, there's been a similar sort of. Do you really hate them or do you just you just hate to lose to them? There is a difference. Yeah, totally. Senna Prost, that was a big one. Wasn't yeah, it? that's a good one. Yeah, Senna and Prost. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean another WrestleMania match I forgot to mention. Um, WrestleMania 10, um, Owen Hart and Bret Hart. Okay. I, I think that's probably one of my favourite WrestleMania matches of all time. No, sorry, not WrestleMania match of all time. That's one of my favourite matches of all time. Yeah, just, okay. just there is a yeah, there's a different uh, um, there's a sort of different level of qualifier, isn't there? You often talk about favourite matches ever, and I think generally speaking, if you polled most people and said give us your top three matches ever, certainly those that are big w, uh, so WWE fans, obviously there are Japanese matches and British matches and WCW matches and all sorts of other stuff. But those that are predominantly WWE fans, I think a lot of the time their top three or at least a big population of their top three are going to be from Wrestlemania because at the end of the day that's what it all builds to yeah I mean I still think the better matches are going to be on the Royal Rumble and they're going to be on the Raw after Wrestlemania um, Wrestlemania for me is, is mostly about getting that pop from the general population rather than the big wrestling fans but okay. you know sometimes they pay off um, I can't remember which WrestleMania it was. Um, Batista f- had a go at the Undertaker in one WrestleMania. I can't remember which one. Was it 24? Yeah, I'm not. Posi- no, it'd been a bit earlier than that. Cause, um, a little bit earlier than that. Uh, well, yeah, I think so. I think 24 I- might have been. I think it might have been Edge that was Taker at 24. I'm not. So, I'm not, to be fair, mate, I'm not very good at uh, specific manias once we get into it. But it would have been around some, somewhere in the early 20s, let's say. Yeah. But, uh, it was. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was a match that. Um, that was better than most expected I would say well it got moved down the card didn't it because they wanted it to be the headliner they wanted it to be like the finish of Wrestlemania in the big moment but they got knocked halfway down the card they weren't the opener they weren't the finish and it annoyed them and um, it sort of spurred them on to put on an absolutely fantastic match which I didn't think either had in them at the time Um, and to me that one stole the show I wish I could remember what WrestleMania it was. I've been hit in the head too many times. Did I mention I used to play American football and used to be a wrestling referee? I got hit in the head by Steve Carino, you know. Did you really? What was that like? Yeah. It's Doug Williams' fault. Go on, <laughs> no, no, you gonna, you told, you've got to tell the story now. You've name-dropped. You've got to tell the story. <laughs> Sorry. Clang. Was that was that your name-drop that fell down there? Hey, mate, um, hey by the way, I, I, love, I love Doug to pieces and Steve Carino's a great name, but you've got to go a long way. You've got to do a lot more than that if you're going to name-drop properly on this show, if you've ever listened to me and Benson do it. So, okay, go on, go on. Tell, I want to hear your story, though, now. Well, yeah, I've just worked with the um, FWA for a good few years, and uh, I was refereeing, I think it was my last show, actually, because um, I blew my knee out after that show and never got to do it again. Um but yeah, my, my ref bump of the day was uh, Doug Williams got Steve Carino up on his shoulder, swung him around and clocked me in the head with his boot. I then did what any good referee does and lay on the mat for 20 minutes, waiting to wake myself up and count the three. <laughs> <laughs> At what point was it he's selling well to 
Oh, I thought you did a bit of trouble there. <laughs> well, I was always quite a big guy, so I couldn't sell too much because it wouldn't be realistic. So, you know, I think it was only a short period. Fair enough. Um, let's get back to the uh, the matter in hand. You just talked about Batista and uh, an Undertaker there, and indeed you've talked about matches where you've seen some uh, a level of uh, respect between the two combatants. It brings us nicely onto the match that uh, that you're here to talk about, the one that you kind of that you drew out of the hat, as it were. Um, is the the black wide brimmed hat at that? Is the uh, is the John Cena versus Undertaker match that we're going to see at this year's WrestleMania? Um, it feels like it's been rumored for years. It feels like uh, a match that has not necessarily been rumored for years, but has, you know some people you know have expected it, or it's always been that surely they're going to do Cena Taker at some point. Well, they're doing it now. Um, first of all, before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, is it a match that you have wanted to see previously, uh, that you want to see now, and indeed are looking forward to now? Um, first of all, I think this would have been better two or three years ago. Agreed. Um, when Cena was at the real height of his um, dueling 50-50 fan split chant thing that was going on. Um, he was hot as heck. He was hating on The Rock and people were really in two camps about him. Um, nowadays, to me, it seems like he's become almost the rock sort of type character so people respect him enough that he's there and that he can give them the time even though he's supposed to be off doing other things and you know it's gone from like a 50-50 split to an 80-20 split in his favour mm-hmm. which um, I think is pretty cool for him um, and he's sort of done that without any sort of attention almost you know, he's been coming onto the show, he's been getting beaten, he's had a bit of mic time, but he hasn't really been around that much. Um, so whether that sort of shows that you don't shove someone down the fan's throat and the fans actually call down to him or not, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's been a weird sort of growth for him over the past sort of six months. He's almost changed his character without actually changing his character, um, which is a bit unusual. Uh, completely lost where my thread was going there. <laughs> That's okay. That's, that's a good point. And I think in terms of Cena... Um, in terms of the people respecting him, I, I think you can trace it back to the US title open challenge. I think we've, we've talked about that before on the show, but um, when he started doing the weekly matches, you know, whether it was against people already on the roster or whether it was a way of introducing people, a way of giving them a bit of spotlight. So you had great matches with the likes of, you know, with Cesaro and with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and, you know, all sorts of figures that they, um, they use as a great place to show that wrestler off. Um, and I think people were looking at Cena and saying, "Okay, you're you know putting the work in every single week on TV, showing you can hang with these great wrestlers." I think that's when Cena became a part of the show that you looked forward to. So not he's going to do some silly jokes for the kids, not that he's going to get beaten up by 27 guys and then kick out. It was okay. We're looking forward to this because we know it's going to be good, you know. And that's ultimately what you know you should be striving for. I think. I oh, sorry, that was my. Uh, my, my my Google assistant then didn't, didn't understand the John Cena push. I do apologise, darling. But uh, okay, anyway, moving on. <laughs> do you Rob, do you understand right. what I mean, Stevie? <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. Um, but I will put a but in there. Um, because he was winning the majority of those matches, you were still getting the booing fans. So it was still a massively fifty-fifty split. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. Absolutely. Um, but. To me, booze will always be louder than cheers just because there's more bass in it and I am an audio guy. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry, that's a brilliant. What a brilliant explanation, and what a brilliant person to have. That's why I chose you for the uh, Cena versus Undertaker segment because I thought you could talk about the treble and the bass in people's voices when they boo. <laughs> a beautiful description. You know, high-pitched screams from kids and loud bassy <laughs> booming. I'm honestly not knocking you for it. It's just I've never once thought of that because yeah, uh, no. because it's not my background, and you've actually put some thought into the fact that people can hear more because the the sound is lower. That's tremendous. Yeah, no, it's very, very true. Um, but yeah, as I sort of said, you know, even on from that, it's he started losing, and I, I think that has almost turned people around because there used to be this this meme, you know, if in doubt, Cena wins. You know, mm-hmm. you can't say that anymore. You, you don't know what's going to happen when Cena's on the screen. Is he going to win a match? Is he going to lose a match? Is he going to sit in the middle of the ring shaking his head and looking sad, or is he going to be, you know, Mister Fruity Pebbles? throwing up his hands and onto the next match sort of thing but he's, he's not doing that anymore you don't know what's going to happen and I think that's probably when the WWE is at his best when you don't know what's going to happen he does do looking sad well doesn't he he's he not, does he's not quite the sort of forlorn puppy that Shawn Michaels used to do but I do like sad scenery does he? I feel you know you do feel sort of close to him the fact that uh, he's going through all this but uh, oh he soon bounces back but um, I think you know you talked previously uh, about Undertaker matches against someone like Batista, um, I felt for years that Undertaker was, you know, the streak was a fun aspect of his character, but I never really was sold on Orton winning, on Batista winning, on Edge winning, um, on Sean winning, although I will admit to jumping up in the air at one point when I think about the third super kick hit at 25, and I actually thought Sean was going to do it, they, they got me on that one. Um, but the, you know the, the second Sean match, the Triple H ones, at, at no point in any of them did I really buy that the streak was going to end. In fairness, I didn't buy it during the Brock Lesnar one, and it ended there anyway. But I, okay. I think there was a point where they could have done Cena Taker, you know, maybe sort of slightly after Triple H, or instead of doing a second Triple H match, where Cena was winning so often, as you just said, if in doubt Cena wins. I really think people would have bought it in the sense of, in the same way that right now people are doing it with Reigns and it's like oh well Reigns will win because Reigns always wins there was a Cena aspect to that and I think you would have had a, a better match in terms of will Cena be the one to break the streak and then a more of a joy when Undertaker won yeah I totally agree um, and I, 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 it feels to me a little bit as if Cena's been brought in to give the Undertaker a good send off um, so to speak there's no need for him um, to go out on his shield when he's facing Cena because Cena's not an up-and-coming guy like Reigns. He's not a a guy trying to dominate everyone like Brock. Cena's just a guy who's been around a long time. Um, there's no need for him to be elevated. Cena's always going to be Cena. He's always going to have like a good backing from the fans. He's always going to have a good sort of backing from the company because he does stuff outside and he gives them really positive sort of coverage in the media and everywhere else so I really think this is a one where Undertaker wins his match and then he rides off into the sunset and I am expecting to see the American Badass rather than the Undertaker Ah, uh, well we'll come to that we'll come to that yeah. in, just, in just a wee second but uh, um, we've got this far talking about the match without really going into too much detail about who wins but the way you were just talking there suggested that you were saying that Taker wins against Cena and goes out on a win rather than going out on a loss to Reigns. Is that what you're saying? But yeah, there's that. And I, I also think that um, The Undertaker probably hasn't been too fond of his last few matches at WrestleMania. 
because um, you know he comes in for the one match and it's not a great match and he has to deal with that for the rest of the year so he's probably had a you know a sit down after the last WrestleMania and thought to himself well that match wasn't as good as it could have been um, and he wants to have a go with someone who could elevate him and Cena can still do that Cena can make anyone look good um, and Undertaker with the right opponent um, he can still go um, Reigns I don't know what it was about the last WrestleMania their timing was off um, they seemed to miss things and make wrong steps here and there and it just didn't work at all I think even if that happens with Cena Cena is good enough to cover it up whereas Reigns isn't necessarily that good um, okay. so I think that's what Undertaker's looking for he wants that spectacular ending to his career um, he wants that match that everyone's going to look back on in sort of 10 years and go yeah that's the one we want to remember him for um, and he hasn't had that match for the last few years and I think it's frustrating him and he wants to go out how he feels the right way is at least that's what I'm thinking he's thinking you know he might be thinking something completely different it might be, he might be sitting there thinking oh I need another couple million who knows um, we're not in his head but I I'd imagine with someone with such a long career as him and such respect as him, he probably wants to go out on a really good performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's got to find that performance this year. Otherwise, I think it's going to be too late. Do you think that the fact that he left all his gear in the ring last year um, and essentially said, this is me retiring, it is, it is a known thing within wrestling that leaving your boots in the ring is kind of suggesting you're, you're hanging them up. Um, they never explicitly said that. They were quite careful to often say the Undertaker who appeared to retire, and they didn't mm. actually you know, confirm it. But if he were to retire after this one, um, as you're leaning towards, you know, he, he beats Cena and then and then retires, does it mean less because it looked like he retired last year, or will it be the fact that he will maybe stand in the ring on Monday night and say, you know, vocally, that's me done, or will people just go, ah, but he'll come back next year? he might do that before Wrestlemania he might come out before Wrestlemania and say the Undertaker's retired um, but the dead man isn't you know ah ok that's, so that's bike, what we're saying right ok the biker Undertaker hasn't retired um, that could be their excuse you know, there's a million ways around it but you know I, I think it will be yes that character the Undertaker character has retired but the dead man the American badass he's not retired yet he's got one more go in him um you know, as if they feel the need to actually explain it to us, which they probably won't, to be fair. No, maybe not. So, yeah, that has been doing the rounds for a little while. The um, the the idea that it could be, you know, the the biker, the, you know, the um, you know, that side of Undertaker. Um, am I right in thinking that Kid Rock's going into the Hall of Fame? Could we see a little bit of a uh, Kid Kid Rock brings out the American badass sort of thing? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Well, he's doing the theme song for this year's WrestleMania as well. Um, all a bit uh, of a, all a bit uh, coincidental, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit, isn't it? It's going into the Hall of Fame. He's doing the theme song, write the theme tune, sing the theme tune, <laughs> you know, and then uh, breaks into American Badass, and out comes the Undertaker, and everyone goes crazy. And there you go. That's the story. Happy days and. Uh, <laughs> just one more on this match then um, from, a, from a Cena perspective you know, we're talking about Taker you know, ending the dead man gimmick bringing back the uh, the badass gimmick two things on Cena one you know, there's been some suggestion that maybe Cena goes back to the old uh, chain gang Cena and we do a little bit of that and secondly what about the possibility of Cena teasing a, a, a retirement could, could that be could that be on the cards uh, 
I don't think it's realistic to say to say that Cena wants to retire. I, I don't yet. He's in too good a shape to do that. Um, yeah, he's got other projects, to, other things to do. Um, he's essentially turned himself into the, the Rock character he had a go at a couple of years ago. You know, he's the part-timer who comes back every so often, has a little bit of a run, then goes away again for a bit. Um, and I think he's probably going to be doing that for the next four or five years. I can't, I cannot see him retiring right now. Um, I'd be shocked if that happens um, in the next year or so. I just Not wonder so. if you might get a little uh, that Taker wins and the rhetoric coming out of Cena after WrestleMania is I'm not sure I've got it anymore. And, oh, very, very possibly. And then you could, I think, you, I think I can see a story of Cena contemplating it and maybe losing to, you know, I'm, I'm going to challenge myself against this guy, you know, this up and coming guy, to see if I've still got it, and he loses, and you, know, you just have a couple of those sorts of things. You know, maybe, maybe did they do a, a pay per view match with Finn Balor or something like that, and Balor beats him, and yeah. I could, I could just see there being, you know, scope for having a couple of up and comers beat Cena to give themselves a push up the up the ranks. And then, you know, it tells a good Cena story, and then at some point he can come roaring back. But, uh, I don't know, pure speculation, but uh, sometimes that's fun. Yeah, story-wise, absolutely. I, c- I can see him going that way story-wise, but in, in the real world, <clears throat> I can't see Cena uh, retiring anytime soon. He- he's too he's too popular. He's-, he's too big still. You know, the fans love him still. The company loves him still. He's not put a foot wrong in the last sort of two decades, you know. He- he's great for them. And they're great for him, so I can't see him doing anything like that for a little while. I'll Five years time, maybe. I'll, I'll stop you there. You just can't see him. That's part of the uh, that's part of the whole thing. So, uh, you, if you've been listening from day one, but uh, okay, I'm wa- waving my hand in front of my face right now. I'm sure you are. That's a, that's a good thing to do on a podcast. Well done. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we uh, we move on to the, the the rest of WrestleMania, um, and without going into depth in other matches because that's what this podcast is for for breaking it up slightly for uh, what we consider to be the top four um, what, uh, what if anything else is on the uh, on the card that uh, is really floating your boat right now uh, the obvious one AJ Nakamura I think is going to tear the building down doesn't matter what they do it's going to be incredible um, I'm also really excited now um, with a thought I came up with today I'm really excited for the triple tag team match Okay. Uh, use those the new day in the bludgeon brothers mm-hmm. um reason why i'm i'm sort of really excited it's 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 a really well known formula it's a really well done well tried out formula um you've got two teams who are quite light and quite flippy and quite experienced now and you've got a big team in there that they can do all their tricks off and sort of make things really exciting in, in sort of clever ways um, you know New Day and the Usos they've had great matches together but we've seen it now we've seen it a hundred times so they need something else to make that better and having the Bludgeon Brothers in there to do that I think it could be it could be magic to be fair um, you know I, I'm still hoping they might add a couple of bits and pieces to that match um, to make it even even better but Bits and yeah, pieces. Like, do, you, do, you, do you mean certain appliances well, that you sit down on, or you climb, or you eat your dinner off of? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it just—it does remind me of Edge and Christian, the Hardys, and the Dudleys. It does remind me of that sort of situation. Um, they brought in tables, ladders, and chairs. They created something amazing, and they could do something with this as well. Um, whether it's 
tables or everyone gets a weapon or, or what I don't know but I think it could be I, th- I, I expect this match to open up Wrestlemania and I expect they're going to go all out to steal the show and I think there's a very good chance that it could get close to stealing the show interesting finally then on Wrestlemania it's the hot topic of the moment the hot topic of the week um, something that set everyone uh, their hearts racing if they're uh, a WWE fan I think this week uh, the return of Daniel Bryan um, very special moment on Smackdown um, and in a, what I thought was a cool moment where he said when am I going to return and everyone turned to point at the sign they've been learning over the years um, he basically suggested he's going to be back for Wrestlemania um, I love that I love that he didn't point to the sign I but, love that he but, he but went, they did the fans did yeah. the fans did it's like yeah that was brilliant that was That's very a goosebump moment very cool indeed I like it when they have, they've got that little bit of uh extra subtlety mind you I don't think anyone could have been quite more obvious pointing at the sign than Ronda was so I think if uh, if the if the pointing at the sign is the uh, is the equivalent of jumping the shark then uh, I think shall we not go on so shall, shall we not mention the part where she completely missed, missed her lines when Dana fed her her leg and she's just like why are you putting that up there am I supposed <laughs> to do something with that what, oh, what's well. that oh oh I remember <laughs> ah, I grab that and throw you okay cool <laughs> no, you're right. We're not mentioning that. Um, <laughs> we'll keep that under wraps. I love Ronda. I love Ronda. She's going to be amazing. But yeah, she'll get there. She'll get there. <laughs> but back to, back to Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, he uh, is declared he's going to be there for WrestleMania. I mean, yeah. it's a silly question, but I assume something that you're excited about. Uh, I I cannot wait. I I literally I think that's going to be that's going to be special. Um, and I well, the match is obvious, isn't it? Isn't the match obvious? <laughs> well, I think it looks like it will be. You know, you would think it would be him and Shane versus him and um, Shane versus, versus yeah. Owen and Zayn. So, um, so that uh, that sort of works, doesn't it? Um, the question that we've put out on our Facebook page uh, this afternoon, uh, as we're recording this on uh, on Thursday, um, is what would you like to see happen with Daniel Bryan post WrestleMania? Um, so we'll be answering that later on in the show. But what I'm asking of each of the uh, the guests on this podcast is um, a more sort of simpler version of the question, really. Which is, you know, let's let's put um, Owen and Zayn to one side, uh, and indeed even Shane McMahon, and say, what's the match that you'd most like to see? I'm not saying that you want to book immediately or anything like that, but assuming it can happen over the next few years, you know, what match are you looking at with going, now Daniel Bryan's back, I can't wait to see him wrestle... Finn Balor. Sorry, no, 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 no. The Demon Finn Balor. Fair point, fair point. That's the match I want. I don't want him versus Finn Balor because they're both vanilla midgets and I'm not sure how good it would be. Um, but him with the whole entrance and the whole I'm the demon and uh, just, yeah, that would be that would be special. Oh, wouldn't it just... I can't, <laughs> I, you can't believe Stevie Cox is trying to turn himself heel by calling Daniel Bryan and Finn Balor vanilla midgets <laughs> Have on, you the, seen on the podcast. Dan- Can I just say, just in case anyone's offended by that term, which are, hopefully they're not... Um, Steve is uh, quoting uh, an alleged old quote attributed to Kevin Nash 20 odd years ago absolutely Um, so we're not being you know deliberately un-PC and nasty it's a quote Uh, so I just want to double check that Um, but Kevin Nash called the 123 kid that I believe when he first tried to join the click and Kevin Nash was having a chat with Shawn Michaels and started bandying that term around so yeah I didn't mean it in any offensive way I know you hey. didn't I know you didn't make but just in case anyone uh, took it in the wrong way because it can be uh, it can be an offensive word and uh, I certainly wouldn't we wouldn't use that term uh, you know willy nilly it's just it's a quote anyway moving on um, he 
you know, Brian versus Balor. Wow, it just feels uh, that feels like a really nice one because lots of people are talking about matches that they've seen before, and that's fine, by the way, because we're all excited about Styles Nakamura, and we saw a Wrestle Kingdom two years ago. So, um, su- suggesting that a match has already been seen is fine. But Daniel Bryan has wrestled Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, and you know a few others, and indeed others in the WWE like John Cena and Roman Reigns. You know, so he has that that catalogue, but. If there is a, I'm, there probably is a Daniel Bryan versus Prince Devitt match floating around out there, but it just doesn't feel like it's been something that's been highlighted. There's probably people laughing at this now because they probably had a 19 <laughs> best of 19 match series somewhere that in PWG, and I don't know about it. But um, sometimes it's not about wh- whether the match took place before, but sometimes it's about the stage. So the Demon versus Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam, for example, wow. Yeah, that would just be spectacular, I think. I mean, those two flying about, just, ugh. Just, and, and they're not just flyers either. They're such good mat wrestlers, and people don't give, like, either of them sort of the total credit they deserve. You know, they, they're such talented wrestlers. You know, they could have a good match with a paper bag, but with each other, it, it will be very, very, very special. Well, I hope that when it's done, it is done... Uh, on one of the shows that Hooked on Wrestling does its pay-per-view parties for because uh, I suggest that would be very, very popular with our clientele indeed. Um, Wouldn't it be nice to be having a conversation in a few months' time about Daniel Bryan versus Finn Balor for SummerSlam? We shall see. Um, Steve, you've been with us for lots of the the pay-per-view parties that we've done uh, in London. Uh, You'll be there again on the 8th um, for our Clapham Grand Show, um, of which, as I'm speaking, uh, tickets are are coming at a premium, folks, if you want to get there and make sure you're going to be there on the night. Um, There may not be tickets on the door, we're not sure at this point, so make sure you get uh, snapped up. But if you want to see me hosting and you want to see uh, Stevie on the decks, that's the place to be. Um, What have been your sort of highlights, your takeaways of the the shows that we've done over the years? Um, The last minute panics when we're trying to get everything set up in time. (laughs) No, the good things, the good things, the good things. (laughs) Oh, sorry, the good things. Um, You know what? I've made so many really good friends through these parties. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, You know, there's... Too, too many to mention but you know most of the hosts that we're sort of lined up now I've met them had conversations with and we get on really well we have banter on social media platforms and all that stuff but I mean the, the utterly best thing is is when you do something that just makes everyone go crazy um, when we were all sort of jumping up and down high-fiving each other when the Hardys came out last year um, those sorts of moments just make it for me and I also utterly love it when I start playing a theme and just everyone just gives me flack for it especially John Cena's theme just you know yeah I know I suck I'm playing John Cena what can I say the one you get from me you know fine well what the one you get from me is every single time you play the real man's man and I just look at you and go Steve not again not it's again. for you. He had I, it for fun. You, you asked me for that song every time, and then you look at me like liar. you didn't know you asked liar. for it. Liar. You, you have played that, I swear, you have played that more times at Hooked on Parties than Regal had it played for him in his career. He only did the gimmick for about five weeks. Absolutely, I love that song. It's, it's so uh, fun. And they took it away. Steve oh, Lambert. It's that and the Billy and Chuck song. I, yeah. I can say I like a good cheesy wrestling theme. Well, Steve was the uh, the person that was responsible for um, playing. A, he realised Steve was our music guy also during the uh, the Bruce Pritchard tour last year, and uh, 
I think we'd done two shows. I think we had two shows in the bag. Because when what we would do is that um, I would host with Bruce, and then I would come out at the start of the second half uh, and introduce Bruce back on. And Steve, quite early on, real well, not early on in the third show, I think it was, realised that he could play me a little theme. Um, so, what did you do? Did you do the man's man one for me? No, I didn't do the man's. Not if, I might have done it on one of the last shows, but I certainly didn't the first time I did a theme for you. What was the first one then? Shall I sing it? If you like, I'm an ass man. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't remember which one it was. I know on the last night you were grinning, so I thought, oh, he's going to do one again today, and I thought it was going to be the real man's man, and you did doink. Yes. <laughs> I, I walked to the ring at the uh, at, at Walkabout Temple, which, by the way, Steve actually genuinely, and I mean this genuinely now, gave me a really good pep talk because I was quite nervous for some reason. I went through three shows okay, and then the fourth show I was quite nervous for. Um, I'm not quite sure why. And you saw, you said home. you said something to me on along. What, what did you just say there? It 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 was our home. It, it it was our base of operations, pretty much. So yeah, it was a pretty big show for us. I was yeah. quite nervous well to be but fair. You said something to me along the lines of like this is your crowd or something like that. And the, the, yeah, you were, you were really nice about it. I'm sure you were you were bullshitting me a little bit, but it was it was the right time to do it. And I remember you gave me a lift, and I I think that show went better because you you picked the right moment to sort of you know to. Yeah. Listen, to me, listen to me bigging up my role as no, if anyone I, I, came to see me rather than Bruce but you know what I mean it, it gave me it was a good moment and I, I thank you for it even if you did play bloody doink in the second half well, genuinely this is what happened I walked out the back to check on you and Bruce to make sure you guys were ready um, Bruce was like Bruce you know happy bouncy yeah I'm ready to go I looked over at you and you looked like you were about to be sick <laughs> you genuinely looked ill um, and I sort of I did sort of just look at you and just say to you, look, man, these are your, this is your crowd. You know, they love you already. You can't lose this. I'm not certain that's true. I think when I, the announcement of me um, uh, hosting the show went out on uh, on social media this week, and I, I suggested it was a very nice build-up I was given, but you could have put the usual prat, and that would have been there. Uh, <laughs> everyone would have gone, oh, him there, yeah, fine. So, But it's very kind of you to say so. And listen, I can't wait to uh, my crowd or your crowd or Hooked On's crowd or whoever they are, um, I cannot wait to be back out in front of them at uh, the Clapham Grand on April the 8th for WrestleMania. I'll be with the one with the mic in the hand, but Stevie will be the one making me sound good. So we're uh, we're all looking forward to it, mate, and I uh, I can't wait to see you again at WrestleMania. I'm absolutely looking forward to it. Cannot wait. Always get excited for WrestleMania. It's going to be a good good laugh. So perhaps the match at WrestleMania that is the most polarising, shall we say, is the Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match. And the man that we've got to talk about that on this show is Chris Hatch. How are you, Chris? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing yourself? I'm all right. I'm very well. And are you intimidated at all by being uh, drawing this straw? Because uh, I know others are very happy with their lot, but uh, others might have been a little bit uh, nervous about tackling this match. Are you up for it? I certainly am. It seems like a match that it will divide opinion, but that's why you've got to have some opinions on it, and that's why you need people to talk about it. Good stuff. Well, we'll get onto that in just a second, but uh, to introduce you briefly, uh, tell us where people may have uh, seen you, or indeed maybe they recognise your voice, Chris. So, I've been around wrestling for the last almost 20 years now. I announce on various shows. Um, I'm a regular on places like IPW. I also referee because... uh, very early on in my career I was thrown in at deep end with that and somebody said oh you did alright there keep going so um, yeah I keep doing what I do I really enjoy the British wrestling scene 
obviously love um, all of wrestling in that sense. And uh, the main thing for me is as long as nobody puts me in a pair of Lycra, I think I'm uh, jack of all trades, master of none. So, do you know what, mate? Honestly, and uh, you know, I've said this to you before, but you know. Wrestling, particularly British wrestling, needs people like you because not only does it need people that work hard, are trustworthy and can do lots of different jobs, it also needs people that don't want to push themselves front and centre because a lot of people, you'll be surprised, think a lot of themselves in Lycra and uh, doing all of the uh, doing all of the show stealing, but uh, as long as you're happy to uh, do the important jobs, I think that's the main thing. Yeah, um, and, and the thing I like is that uh, sometimes it's, Mr, can you just, because you'll be somewhere and something <laughs> will be going on around you and it's, oh, can you just go and do this? Can you just go and do that? And if you can take the attitude of, rather than questioning it, just get on and do it, it's the best way you can be. <laughs> that's a that's a really good uh, a really good piece of advice. Well, what someone's done this time, uh, Chris, is they've said, can you just, you know, pop along to Newbury and, uh, and host a WrestleMania show for us? How do you feel about that? Look, I'm really looking forward to it. I've been to a number of the Hooked On events, helped out a number of them. Um, I helped out uh, Mr. Dean Ace in Brighton one time, and knowing how crazy the London ones are, uh, it's an incredible experience. And as soon as it was mentioned, well, would you be interested in hosting? I couldn't wait for the opportunity. And yes, there'll be a couple of nerves when I see names like Jodie Fleisch and Doug Williams being announced as hosts. I'm nowhere near the scale of them, but I really can't wait to get in front of the crowd, try and help them build up to what WrestleMania will be. It should be a load of fun. I mean, part of the uh, part of the thing that we always talk about at Hooked On is if you can't get to WrestleMania itself, then I think coming to one of our shows may well be the uh, the next best thing. The atmosphere, the uh, the way that people will integrate. And honestly, I said this before, and it sounds kind of cliche, but. Uh, You'll, uh, you'll make friends for life. So is there is there anything in particular you're looking forward to about the uh, the experience there in Newbury? I believe it's a shiny new walkabout as well, or it's at least been uh, renovated just lately. It, it certainly has. I believe it's only just reopened. And uh, one of the f- first things I thought was, well, uh, if I'm wearing a suit, I can use my uh, nice shiny new black shoes because a lot of these places, not at hooked on parties, but you uh, turn up to venues and your feet stick to the floor (laughs) and at least I can turn up there and go well if it's been renovated I know I'm going to a nice venue Um, so yeah I really can't wait to see what they've got in store (laughs) yeah that's excellent it's a uh, I will say that's um, looking at whether or not um, you're going to have a clean shoes at the end of the night is uh, an interesting way of um, uh, of looking at a wrestling show I suppose you could be uh, you could be accused of um, of analysing heels so it's uh, it does work on a on a wrestling basis as well. That was t- goodness me, that was forced. Um, before we get onto too many of uh, me crowbarring puns into things, let's talk some WrestleMania. When did you? Uh, when can you remember watching WrestleMania for the first time? What would be your sort of introduction to the the world of Mania? One of my main ones was uh, WrestleMania 14. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin was the big memory I came in with. And watching that match, as a youngster, I felt that I enjoyed a really good match that told a story without realising it at the time. And then recently, obviously, through the network and everything, I've gone back and watched the build-up to it and realised everything that happened after the uh, event, that really that match set the story for a long time. 
and I feel the match gets credit, but everything around it deserves just as much credit as well. Yeah, that's a good point because there's, there's um, there are different ways of looking at it. I think there are some matches and manias that are good at the time, but don't necessarily stand the test of time because you're into the into the character and whatever. And there are other ones where at the time you don't think of it as being too much, but then 20 years down the line you can still watch it and enjoy it. There's and as, as well as what you just said, there's different ways of approaching the show, I guess. Well, there certainly is. I mean, something I'll say as well, a couple of years ago I was in Dallas for WrestleMania um, and it was not the uh, show you would believe would be the most amazing show, but when you were there live, you just believed absolutely everything and walked away with a completely different opinion. So when you watch it live, when you watch it on the screen and when you watch it afterwards, it's all completely different. Yes, it is. I mean, I've I've only been to one that was a WrestleMania 25, and I always say that, uh, you know, I mean, it's not listen, it's not an original answer to answer that Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker would be considered my favourite match of all time, best WrestleMania match of all time, because plenty of others have said it, whether they were there or not. But I'll never really know whether my presence there will have skewed my thought on it. Would I have said, you know, Brett v Austin, for example? You know, had I been at WrestleMania 13, it's one of those. It's uh, does it push you down a certain road? But um, whether or not you were there, was what's um, some of the matches that stick out to you? If you were, uh, if you could show someone WrestleMania and say, "This is why I love wrestling," what would you show them? Uh, well, obviously, I've said the uh, Michael Austin match. I've, I'm that sort of era, and I would go through just the whole Austin Rock and go through every match and go hang on every time they went out there they did something different and that was something I enjoyed watching because you saw it announced and you went hang on you're not just going to get a match you're going to get something different out of both of these wrestlers very good point and I think um, it's notable that they were able to to come back to that a couple of times um, it had been successful um, particularly as a, as, a, as a main event you can argue it was a a main event three times if you like but it was the last match on uh, on two occasions but um, as something that they've come back to this year they must have felt it worked on some level uh, was it three are we talking three years ago that it was the uh, that it was Reigns versus Lesnar or was it indeed was it two when you were in Dallas it, I, it, I lose track it, it was two years ago when Lesnar won the title in the main event uh, okay so therefore it's um Three back to when we had yeah. the Rollins yeah. running. So, I could so it, was Les- it was Lesnar Triple H two years ago. Of course it was. Of course it was. Okay, so anyway, um, we're talking uh, a match that's been there before. Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Of course, that one um, was interrupted by the uh, the running of Seth Rollins. Uh, so some people will have been waiting three years for this match. Others will just frankly not want to see it because they don't want Roman Reigns in their main event again. Where do you stand? My opinion is, I think there's been an incredible build-up to the match. Uh, Roman Reigns gets a lot of bad press for, from fans because that's not who they expect. Granted, I walked out of WrestleMania in Dallas thinking, I've been at WrestleMania, however, if I'd been watching this on the telly, I would have been disappointed. Mm-hmm. But you look at the build this time, and I feel like they've created a match that people will want to see because Reigns has been on telly every week making it clear what he wants and the fact that this last week on Raw Lesnar turned up it made a huge difference 
It did in terms, of, especially in terms of impact storyline-wise. But what they've been going for in the last few weeks, certainly it started um, a few weeks ago. Um, give me your opinion on whether or not they've managed to sustain it. But there was certainly a, a night where Lesnar, sorry, not Lesnar, where Reigns um, was doing a, an interview and was, you know, kind of bad mouthing Lesnar, but bringing the crowd onto his side for Brock not being around so often seemed to be working then. Um, do you think they can work that? All, indeed, is it still working? And, and can they work that to WrestleMania? I certainly think they can. The concern for me is Paul Heyman being involved. There is always going to be a reaction when he's given a microphone. So suddenly there is a, a, a reaction for him rather than the other two wrestlers as well. I have no question that Paul Heyman is one of the best microphone men in the business. However, that could also change the context of it slightly. Fair point. Um, do you think this is going to go on last? I know it might sound like a, a strange question when it comes to, you know, a title match, and it's one that involves, uh, you know, their sort of shining star in Reigns and their crossover star in Lesnar. But there's some suggestion that the crowd might uh, not be as au fait with this match as they will some others, and that uh, there are other contenders to go on last. What do you think? Uh, I hate to bring Dallas up again, but that was my one thing I walked away from is there were other matches that could have gone on last. Your lasting shot on camera was Reigns walking away, whereas you had Shane and Undertaker in Hell in a Cell, which was, to me, the one that I almost went for. This time, there's AJ and Nakamura, which, to me, would be the match that will walk away if you put it on as a wrestling match, everyone will go, wow, what have I just seen? Is Lesnar and Reigns going to be the same? I'm not entirely sure. My opinion, it shouldn't be last, but I think it will be. Yeah, I think it will as well. I guess there's a there's a little groundswell, I think, for Cena and Undertaker. We've been, you know, the two you know, legend, legends that they are, the legendary status that they both have, that they could maybe go in that spot. And indeed... You know, is is Ronda Rousey your your big celebrity of the moment? Maybe she should be in the main event. So there are there are a few um, uh, contenders, as it were. But I, I tend to think that uh, Brock Lesnar, almost anything that Brock Lesnar does, is feels like it ought to be main event. I mean, look even to the the match he had with Randy Orton that time at SummerSlam, which felt like it was a bit of a strange con- you know consideration for main event, and it turned out to be something a bit different. What with the uh, the elbow strikes, but Lesnar has that kind of mystique, doesn't he? And I guess if if Reigns is going to take the title from him, well, that's my next question: is uh, you know what do you think is going to be the outcome? Um, if Reigns is going to win the title, then not doing it in the main event may, you know, whatever the fans may think, may seem like a little bit of a come down for him. See, I don't see any other result in that match than Reigns walking away with the title. Um, there's obviously questions about how much Lesnar's going to be around so I don't see any other way than putting the title on Lesnar uh, oh sorry on Reigns mm. however whether that's the right decision moving forward again if it's main event that's is that the lasting thing you see at the end of the show do you walk away seeing Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar with the title I don't know what picture suits everyone best, but I think it's got to be Roman Reigns if that's the case. It does feel that way, doesn't it? Um, are people, do you think, um, overly harsh on Roman Reigns? Is he a victim 
um, of you know the fans believing that he's overpushed. It could be anyone that's in that place. It's not that they don't like Roman. It's that they don't like the concept of the person that is being t- told by the machine, this is who you will like. Is that is that a better reflection of the situation? Yeah, I'm amazed by the whole I am the guy um, statement from a couple of years ago that seems to have set this all off. And I was at an independent show earlier this week and there was a wrestler who was the good guy the whole way through the match and it was all a bit of fun and he said let's do the shield powerbomb I'll be Roman Reigns and with that the crowd booed him for the only time in the match (laughs) so it just says a lot about the way crowds think about Roman Reigns I think it does Um, do you ever see them shifting their position you know are are WWE going to look at it and go you know we've tried this for years it's still not working if indeed it doesn't work I mean maybe it will work I might be uh, speculating wrongly but if they can't get it right do you think they'll ever shift their mind I mean maybe you know we'll talk about a a recent returnee in in just a moment you know would would someone like him being back on the scene you know mean that they might have a little bit more faith with going with a, a villainous Roman I feel like it's been turning for Roman slightly anyway, but it's not the position, not only in the show, but between the match and the show and everything else. It just doesn't feel like it's working at the moment. And yes, maybe it needs someone new coming in to face him and just completely make him not just the guy, but the bad guy again. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? It's going to be interesting to see how they um, how they deal with it going forward. Um, any 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 final thoughts on the match that you want to uh, to add in at this point, Chris? To be honest, I think either way, it's going to be a match which I don't know how long it will go, but I think it will tell a story. However, it happens, and I think it's going to be something which will interest fans. Like I said about matches I've watched back in the past, maybe a few years down the line, people will see it more than they do now. I wonder whether um, it might be worth us all going back and watching the match from three years ago. Because certainly it's my... I haven't watched it for a long time, but it's certainly my recollection. And I'm not criticising the uh, the Seth Rollins running uh, and cash-in, I should say, by, by any stretch. But I seem to recall at that point thinking... Wow, this is a way better match than I anticipated. Perhaps, um, perhaps there is more of a likelihood for for Lesnar and Reigns to put on a uh, on a good match than we think about. But I wonder if there's a, a chance that they could put on the greatest match of all time. But if Reigns wins, people will be down on it. Whereas they could put in a really bog standard ordinary match. But if Lesnar wins, fans will cheer. In this modern era of you know knowing behind the curtain and understanding what goes on in terms of booking this actually might be a rare instance of the result is as important as the performance yeah uh, it's certainly a case that um, bands of wrestling are far more educated than they used to be and they will know that people are trying to create something for them to watch and at times you have to step back I'm, I'm a fan of wrestling through everything else I'm a fan and you have to step back and just enjoy what you're watching. And I hope they can just present something that is enjoyed by fans 
everywhere. It's never going to please everyone. The wrestling will never please anyone. That is a really simple statement to make. Um, but yeah, through the knowledge of what's going on behind the curtain, fans will know who, who they want to win, who logistically should win, and you have to switch off whilst you're watching a match like that. Yes, I, ho- I hope that people do, and I hope it's um, you know people allow themselves to kind of uh, to get drawn in, as it were. Um, what about the uh, the rest of the show? How are you feeling in terms of uh, sort of general WrestleMania excitement, and what uh, what other than this match is um, is sort of currently interesting you? Uh, I mean, hugely AJ Styles and Nakamura. That is one match that just stands out to me as something which you could watch anywhere in the world and whatever they do you are going to enjoy yourself um i've seen nakamura in the uk i've seen aj in the uk um thanks i i have to uh, unfortunately give some credit to uh your cohort on this uh, showbiz paul benson who uh, showbiz who? paul benson who's uh obviously don't know him he's dead to me yeah, well, if he was actually paying attention like and being here to join in, then it would be fine. But I'll give him the little bit of credit for uh, whilst we were out at WrestleMania, we got to see uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's debut. And uh, we then went to um, Access the following day. And I was wondering what we would enjoy. And there's all these signings you queue up for hours. And then they went... We're actually recording NXT today, and across the hall we heard Nakamura's music hit, and me and my wife have never run so fast to go and watch a match like that. So Nakamura holds an affinity for us, and uh, AJ's a phenomenal talent. That is a match I can't wait for. To capitalise on your uh, experiences on the British scene, as we no doubt will when we... uh come to our final topic but uh, you mentioned about having seen Nakamura and AJ uh, when they've been over on our shores Um, any experience of working directly with them or meeting them or just getting the general vibe off of of your colleagues about what they're like both as workers and as human beings Um, uh, I met both of them briefly on uh, the shows they were over for Um, going up to uh, Nakamura he said Hello, I am Shinsuke Nakamura, and I think I probably said hello. I know. <laughs> um, and Styles, yeah, absolute pro when he came over. It was also uh, the week before he debuted in the Rumble, and obviously, oh right, okay, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, he was on Rev Pro that weekend, and he dropped the title to Zack Sabre, and he said, "I don't know where I'm going for here from here." But uh, the chance from the crowd, he was a complete pro. But everyone, everyone knew where he was going, and that was actually when I was at the Hooked On party in Brighton for the uh, Rumble, and he came out. I believe it was number four, three, three, three in the Rumble. Yeah, wasn't far off. Uh, yeah. He came out then, and we were just going. Hang on, we saw him a week ago. And now he's on in the Royal Rumble with WWE, and that was just amazing to watch. And the crowd reaction for that was brilliant. It was. I wouldn't normally pick you up on uh, 
such you know you know trivial matters as whether it was number three or number four. But I do just want to say, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Chris Hatch. I'm talking to one of Great Britain's premier wrestling referees uh, who can't count to three. Um, but just <laughs> you're never meant to be able to count to three. <laughs> Unless you try to count to ten, then you can get to three absolutely no problems. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you um you, you just brought up about um sort of what AJ did with um uh, with Rev Pro and just um, my sort of last question is going to be sort of a, a dream matchy based question. But you just you just got me thinking there. You'll have seen AJ Styles versus Zack Sabre Jr. But man alive, wouldn't that be some match in the uh, in WWE one day? Oh, absolutely incredible. But I would also put Zack Sabre in there with absolutely anyone because he can just wrestle. It doesn't matter who you put him in there. I know it's a cliche wrestling a broomstick, but he just knows exactly what he's doing at all times. Um, And it brings it on to something that's been mentioned earlier on. Who would you see uh, Daniel Bryan wrestling? I'd love to see a match between the two of them. Wow, there you go. So that's uh, that was where I was going. Certainly was going to be the Daniel Bryan question. Um, just very quickly, we uh, since we mentioned Zack Sabre Jr., great week for him, winning the uh, winning the big tournament out in Japan. So a big thing's happening for him. Uh, stay tuned. I'm sure there's plenty more to come from him. But um, yes, it, um, my question was going to be you've preempted it beautifully. But um, you know, Daniel Bryan uh, is sort of the, the big story this week. Um, certainly for someone that's not in the company right now Daniel Bryan versus Zach would be great I'm sure Daniel Bryan versus AJ if someone that is actually there would be uh, wetting people's appetite um, you know if, if anyone else is there uh, is there someone well maybe it would be AJ for you but is there one that you would pick out above all else and say you know of the current WWE roster that's who I'd like to see AJ uh, sorry who I'd like to see Daniel Bryan up against well, maybe like a post, post-WrestleMania I was looking at it earlier on because I saw it come up on the Facebook page and I was thinking Sami Zayn, I was thinking, oh, that's a great shout. And then Pete Dunne was mentioned. And oh, I yes. thought the fact of how well they could both do, they can go to ground, they can wrestle, they can do everything. I think that, it, I don't think it will happen by any means, but that would be something which would be absolutely incredible in my mind. Well, you say you don't think it would happen, but I mean, I could, it's the kind of thing I could see happening on, say... Uh, you know, UK taping. I don't see why they couldn't find a, a way of, you know, when, you know, I, I surely Dunn's going to get called up in, in due course. And if I mean, I don't think Brian's back for, for one or two matches, and then that's him done. I'm assuming he's back full time for, for a few years. You know, you know, hopefully he's, uh, he stays fit and healthy and is able to. So, it's not a match I would rule out. No, by no means. I, I completely agree. I think Raw after WrestleMania which is a fantastic night it's to me it's as much wrestlemania the raw after mania is a great experience and i wouldn't be surprised to see someone like pete dunn pop up there and everything move from there there's enough british european talent that could be ready for the main roster as well so um i know i've moved it away from daniel bryan but i do think there's uh a huge amount of people he could wrestle and that can be ready for the main roster I, I love it it's a, it's a really really great suggestion loving these uh, suggestions for, for Daniel Bryan matches so far um, once again it's a very similar question to one I asked about uh, five minutes ago but uh, Bryan I assume is someone you'll have uh, come across on your travels I bumped into him a couple of times when he was you know, wrestling a lot over here I'm sure you'll have uh, 
had your encounters? Yeah, I have a fair few experience with uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, I remember him when he was doing the All-Star Circuit and he would be the American import that in a family-friendly crowd nobody liked. And he would come out and he had a mask on and he waved the American flag and he sang the national anthem badly to get a reaction out of the crowd. That just shows someone who knows what wrestling is about and knows the position he was in on that show. And it it was absolutely incredible. And to be fair, he was the nicest guy to boot as well, so I can't complain. That is something I always... You know, get from him. Like I said, I've only met him a couple of times on very brief occasions. He wouldn't know me, but um, I was struck by what a nice fellow he seemed. Very genuine. And this is quite a long time before he made it to the um, to the big leagues. He, he, I always got the feeling that if, even if he'd have never set foot in WWE, he'd have sort of been content with his lot. He just seemed to just enjoy the craft as much as anything else. And the fact that he was able to, you know, parlay that into a WWE career, in which he's probably the most popular man since Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, it's just, I think it's a testament to, to his likability. Exactly. And um, he he's always known how to engage with a crowd. He's known how to get a reaction and when to get a reaction. It doesn't mean you always get a reaction, but at times you wait for it. And he just seems to know exactly the point to get it. And obviously during the Yes era, he didn't have to wait for it because it was there the entire time anyway. So I think it's a huge coup for WWE to have him back in active competition. Well, you call it the Yes Era, but maybe this is the uh, the Yes Era Part 2 beginning this April as Daniel Bryan returns to WrestleMania. I cannot wait to be yesing uh, with the people in the Clapham Grand uh, where I will be hosting uh, for WrestleMania and I'm sure that in Newbury, led by Chris Hatch, there'll be plenty of uh, yesing going on uh, for that WrestleMania. Um, thank you very much for coming on and discussing uh, what could be a bit of a tricky match, but I think you've done it with uh, with some aplomb. And now all it remains to say is, uh, are you looking forward to WrestleMania, sir? There isn't an answer other than yes to that. There certainly is not. So uh, well, if you're anywhere in the uh, the Newbury area, Chris is your man for uh, for hosting that one. And if you haven't tried the, uh, the Hooked On experience, uh, what better time to start enjoy the show sir thank you very much Rob our host in Leicester for this year's Wrestlemania is Jade O'Malley and she's joining us now and we're going to talk about some uh, mixed tag action in a second but uh, first of all Jade are you looking forward to Wrestlemania of course I am it's Wrestlemania <laughs> that's a good the answer the granddaddy of them all well and everyone listening will understand exactly what you're saying but uh, I sort of feel that this is a Wrestlemania it's been a a bit of a slow burner with me, but this week feels I feel that this is the time where I've just started to feel I'm kind of in WrestleMania mode. Sometimes I can feel it at the start of January, sometimes it can be on the week itself, but this time I, I, I'm just starting to feel it now. Um, yeah, I, I'm totally starting to feel it now, to the point where, you know, how many more people can come and turn up and point at that WrestleMania sign? <laughs> you know, it's, that's what it's all about. You know, I, I'm tempted to even turn up on Monday and just run the ring and point at the Wrestlemania sign I think maybe we should do that of all of our I'm going to mention that to, yeah. um, to the yeah, erstwhile showbiz so. Paul Benson and suggest that maybe we can have a sign at every uh, venue hanging from the roof and people can uh, just point at it all night it'll be uh, yeah. a nice feature <laughs> of our parties um, but sp- speaking of that well, how, are you, how much are you looking forward to, uh, to hosting our gig there in your hometown of Leicester 
Oh, I can't wait. It's been a dream of mine and that might sound pretty cheesy, but yeah, it's been a while since I've been involved in fan parties and uh, I'm really itching to get back into it. Just, uh, and what better event than WrestleMania, you know? I'm a night owl as well, so it just is perfect. <laughs> yeah, it works on, the, perfect. on various <laughs> levels. Um, when you talk about getting back into fan parties and stuff, if people don't realise, you, you, you had a role within TNA for a long time and you worked on a lot of the fan parties that were... Uh, that were taken on over here. That was a real feature of, um, of TNA or Impact Wrestling, should I say, for uh, for quite some time. So I suppose you're going to take your expertise from them and uh, bring it into the How Arena. Oh yeah, totally miss it. It was just a really good time back then, and uh, I felt like TNA back then, as they were known, just had such a good presence in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, there for the first one in London, which was a huge success. Went on to do multiple other ones around the country: Edinburgh, Nottingham, Glasgow. I think comes to mind Manchester. Um, so yeah, and a couple more back in London. Uh, just really good time, really good time doing that. Getting to know the fans, I think, is the the uh, the best bit for me. And having yeah. all the special guests as well was a good time. Yeah, they were good fun, and uh, I think what you got was the. I'm sure there was a, there'd be some crossovers to some of the people that came to those fan parties. I'm sure will be a regular attendees at. Uh, hooked on parties I think it's a similar kind of fan those that are really passionate about wrestling that will come to those kind of things and it's definitely my favourite thing about our live shows is just the the passion that goes into it that's what people always mention about it's basically yeah. the, the nearest you can get to to, uh, to being there it sounds a bit cliche but you know people really do let themselves go and if anyone's sort of a bit on the fence about coming they really needn't be they can uh, just enjoy themselves and throw themselves into the atmosphere I totally agree with you. I mean, that's just it. A lot of people can't get over there for whatever reason. Um, and this, like you say, is the next best thing. You're up, you're with like-minded people. You're there just to have a good time. Talk to other people who, you know, might like the same wrestlers, might hate the same wrestlers. Um, but yeah, I think I know there's definitely going to be going to be some people there that were at those TNA shows because I have been spreading the word. So yeah, wow. there, there are going to be people there. Excellent. from a previous life shall we say <laughs> excellent <laughs> stuff um you were um you were part of team Howe, as it were during the uh, the bruce pritchard tour in the uh, in the yeah. summer did you enjoy that oh fantastic and bruce is a great guy i mean those those shows were just so funny um but yeah it was good seeing him again um i think he remembered me from back back when as well so yeah it's good good hanging out with you guys too i mean you're such a great team and i'm just really happy to be part of this one as well so yeah well, hopefully more to come we do our best and that's part of the idea of this uh, <laughs> this particular show itself we've got uh, uh, four different uh, guests talking about various different matches but the one we're going to talk about um, in just a second is going to be the uh, the Triple H and Steph versus uh, Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle match but before we do um, let's get an idea of your sort of Wrestlemania tastes what's uh, what's maybe uh, a, a match or two that if you were picking out for someone and saying this is why I like wrestling this is why I like Wrestlemania what would you show them, do you think, would be some of your mm. matches, would be your highlights? Well, okay, personally for me, the first WrestleMania I watched um, was WrestleMania 8. Okay. So, yeah, showing my age probably now. Um, and that was, I mean, the things for me that stick out for that are, um, it was around the time of Randy Savage and Ric Flair, um, the pictures of Elizabeth, you know, that was such a big scandal at the time. Um, and Bret Hart and Roddy Piper, which nicely leads on to the Ronda Rousey connection there. Yes, um, nice. And it was also the return of the Ultimate Warrior, um, looking a bit different than he used to, but that was epic for me, um, just seeing that um, and just 
because I was I was brought up with WCW, so going from that to this show that's outside with eighty thousand people and just huge and fireworks, it was it was big for me. So that was that made a big impact. And uh, you know, like Shawn Michaels when he just was going off uh, solo. Um, coming out of the rockers so yeah that was where it all started for me and then I went backwards and saw the older ones and uh, there was as we're going to talk about a mixed tag match I just remember the mixed tag match from Wrestlemania 6 mm-hmm. with um, the late Dusty Rose and Sapphire against Randy Savage and Sherry with Elizabeth and that was that was huge unfortunately none of those people around nowadays but it yeah, was heartbreaking, uh, really, yeah it's really it, yeah. heartbreaking it's really heartbreaking to think about that um but yeah that was i mean just how far wrestling's come since then as well because it was a scene of bit of a gimmick match and uh, just i think it's kind of a testament of how uh, women's wrestling has improved since then as well so i always think yeah, when you, old when, school <laughs> when you look at wrestlemania as a, as a you know a use of like a history textbook if you think that we're now at 34, so the mm. halfway point is 17. So you think about, that doesn't feel all that long ago to me. No, and, and yet, that, that was such a famous one as well, wasn't it? I mean, WrestleMania, was it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, think yeah it's right up there with them. Um, a, a lot of people will generally say, if we did a little poll, I think uh, I think in, the, in Paul's Sheep Quiz a couple of months ago, there was a question of what's your favourite WrestleMania, and I think 17 may have won it. It's the, yes, it's the one yeah. that's often the... Uh, that's up there the second one, second Austin it? Rock yeah. and uh, Triple H Undertaker and all of uh, all of that yeah. good stuff I suppose if people were being picky they could argue that the, the midway point of WrestleMania is between 17 and 18 but what I'm getting at is that <laughs> if you go back 17 years ago that doesn't I don't feel like the, the landscape has changed massively since 2001 but if you then think that 16 years prior to that would have been WrestleMania 1 then the difference between 1 and 17 yeah. is very much so so much changed during those early mm-hmm. WrestleMania years Definitely, but it, as well, they've kept a lot of the spectacle about it, especially with celebrities. Mm-hmm. Like from day one, they brought in Liberace and Aretha Franklin, Franklin and Mr. T. So they've always had that celebrity element of it, and I guess you can say the Rock is almost like the celebrity now that they bring in sometimes. Um, so I do like the way they've kept that. Um, but yeah, definitely with um, you know, it's more mixed. In, like this now, uh, this WrestleMania, they've got the mixed tag, they've got a women's match, and they've got the 205 live cruiserweight title. So, yeah, they are mixing it up a lot more now. They certainly are. And uh, bringing into the discussion of the uh, the celebrities, is, you know, do we consider, you know, Ronda Rousey to be a celebrity on this year's card or a full time member of this year's card? It's a little bit of a sort of a confluence of two ways for her. But certainly, I would think that for now, we will see how she goes in the her future career but for now she feels like a a celebrity involvement or at least yes. a, a crossover sports involvement um where do you let's start with her where do you stand on sort of uh, on her introduction so far is she someone that you're uh, you're a fan of that you're excited to see um i think it's kind of hard not to be a fan just from her ufc career and even prior to that her amateur career i mean impressive uh to say the least um I think, you know, most of her wins were, if not all, were submission with an armbar. Um, yeah, she lost her last two fights and it, she really struggled mentally because of that. Um, I draw parallels with her and her angle to a certain extent in the way that they, they're both Olympians. Yes, they both won medals at the Olympics, but they were brought in as ultra super baby faces, but the crowd haven't really taken to them as baby faces. And I kind of see that with Rhonda, that she's 
not really been taken on as by the fans as much as I thought she would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that happened to Kurt as well. So where they go with this is going to be quite interesting. Um, I'd love to see her turn at some point, especially because she's part of the four horsewomen with Shayna Baszler, who I absolutely adore. I think she's just incredible and a super heel and very believable. Um, but with regards to the match at WrestleMania, um, it's going to be interesting, especially because she's against a non-wrestler. So she's not really a wrestler. I know she's training, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I just wonder whether, you know, how much of the, you know, the strain of both, uh, both Steph and Ronda going to take, you know, we, we, you know, Stephanie actually can go in there. You know, we saw the, the yes. match at SummerSlam a few years ago with, uh, uh, with uh, Brie Bella, it was, wasn't it? And um, yeah. you know that she, you know, so she's proven that you know, even if it's uh, from time to time, that uh, she can uh, she can go and take their licks, take her licks like anyone else. But with it being her being a part time, with uh, you know being Ronda's first time, you do wonder how will they be quite sparing with uh, with their in ring action? Are, are Triple H and, and Kurt going to take the brunt of it? Do you think? Oh yeah, definitely. I think they need to protect Ronda as much as they can as well and not really expose that greenness when it comes to the ring. Um, so I think that is totally the way it has to go if they want to really make her a, a big, famous name. I've told this story on the podcast before and people are going to wonder where the hell I'm going with this, but uh, there was a, uh, uh, a match I saw in, uh, in Wolverhampton many years ago, about 10 years ago, I was on a big indie show, and I, for- I actually forget, apologies to anyone else who was in it, but I forget who else was in, but I think it was a six-man tag. But certainly on one side was uh, the man now known as Dave Mastiff, who's one of our uh, uh, HAL uh, hosts, and indeed on the other side was a man who's now known as Drake Maverick, but is uh, formerly <laughs> to us Spud or Rockstar Spud. He was Spud at the time and was uh, and Rockstar Spud when he stopped by our Bruce Pritchard show in Birmingham. But um, uh, So two sort of people are linked with HAL, but I remember those two people being in that match and the whole match was basically built around Spud trying to avoid Dave. And it must have gone on 10, 12, 15 minutes, and the two of them never touched until the very last move of the match when Dave clotheslined him out of his boots and what beat him 1, 2, 3. And I'm not saying it's going to go exactly like that, but I can see Steph trying to avoid Ronda for the, the bulk of the match and then the coup de grace being Ronda finally gets her and there's the armbar and that's it. Am I being a bit simplistic or do you think that's the, uh, well, that's the outcome? Let's face it, Rob. If you were in the ring with Ronda Rousey, wouldn't you want to avoid her for 10 minutes? Oh, yes. Hell yes. <laughs> the amount of elbows she's dislocated. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd totally be running away from her for 10 minutes at least. So, yeah, I think they'll make it like that. And it wouldn't be unrealistic, let's face it. Uh, let's talk about um, Kurt's involvement. Um, he's someone that came back into the company late last year. Um as general manager, we weren't sure if we were going to see him in the ring again, but we saw, you know, appearance at, uh, at Survivor Series, and then we, you know, we, we've been, you know, teasing other bits ever since, and now we uh, we get the confirmation that he's back at Mania. Um, before we go on to, to too much about him, I wonder if you would sort of give us a little bit of a of a, of a history lesson, a bit of a background on on how you know Kurt, because I believe you've worked with Kurt on uh, on quite an interesting project. Yes, um, so I've got a history of involvement with. TNA over the last uh, 10 years, um, stepped away for a couple of, a couple of years ago, um, but that was on various different aspects, uh, doing the loops uh, in America, um, working on pay-per-views, uh, I know I did a Bound for Glory back in 2011, I think it was, uh, various fan parties as I've mentioned, but another uh, 
a line I got into, uh, especially during the UK tours, was um, as a sports massage therapist. So I'm qualified sports massage therapist. And Kurt Angle was actually my case study for my qualification. Um, so I know him through that. And I knew him prior to that um, through going over to America quite a lot, um, especially Orlando when they did the TV tapings, getting to know him and his family. Um, so yeah, Kurt is, first of all, I have to say he is an outstanding gentleman mm -hmm. in wrestling. One of the best. I've, I've met a lot of uh, wrestlers and people involved in the wrestling business and I can't say a bad word about him. He's, he's a pure gentleman and the way he treats the fans is, uh, I've seen nothing but just ultimate respect from him. Um, which he obviously gets in turn as well. Um, so yes, working uh, with him and on him um, was quite uh, quite interesting, especially knowing his history, especially with his neck problems. Um, so that was quite scary uh, working around that area um, with him. So seeing like years later um, what he puts his body through uh, and then seeing him straight immediately after matches and what he goes through I've got nothing but respect for the man he, he just puts so much into it uh, for the fans um, I remember watching a match with him and Jeff Jarrett actually uh, in America and he did the moonsault off the top of the cage and mm. it's like my goodness and just looking over at his family and it's like I can't imagine what they're going through because I'm feeling something and I don't even you know they must be feeling it 10 times as worse um so for me I was quite surprised uh when he did decide to wrestle again for the WWE um and I'm I'm surprised but at the same time I'm very pleased because obviously he's been medically cleared to do that so he must be in a good place so I'm really happy about that medically cleared is a, uh, a big phrase this week we'll be on to that in, uh, in just a second uh, yes. but uh, um, I can you know sort of certainly relate that I can remember being um, uh, I remember being around for Bound for Glory 2009 in California and being uh, in, in catering basically and uh, I remember Kurt sitting on his own for quite some time I guess it was a kind of way of sort of psyching himself into the uh, into the match sort of atmosphere I think the only person I remember going over and talking to him was Taz and he sort of was very focused but moving not well at all sort of backstage you know limping around and looking kind of like an old man really and then the he got through the curtain and tore the house down with Matt Morgan for about 20 minutes and it was just superb yes. um, and that's you know nine years ago you know so I worry for Kurt in certain ways you know how much more has he been broken down since then but as you quite rightly pointed out they won't medically clear, clear people these days that's very much a, a talking topic at the moment so if everyone is in, you know, keen that he's okay then that's great news. I'm delighted for him that he gets another shot to have a WrestleMania match at uh, such a high-profile one. And, you know, despite what people might want to have a bit of a dig about Triple H from time to time, he's a an excellent wrestler. He's a total pro, and I think Kurt's in very safe hands. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, it still doesn't stop me from worrying, though. <laughs> no, no, listen, I don't blame you. And I think I've certainly known that as, uh, as time has gone on, and I don't profess to be, you know, bestest mates with any uh, any wrestlers in particular but as time's gone on and there's more that you, you get to know you certainly watch matches from a different perspective don't you and it's like if I ever watch a match that anyone I know is in and it's a ladder match I almost can't watch it it's just I almost oh, want to know they're okay first before I can go and watch it because I've hurt my heart's in my mouth on almost any ladder match but if it's someone I know in there you know I can yeah. get a bit worrying yeah I always used to like get like wag my finger at Abyss before you went into a hardcore match you're not doing this you're not doing of course he wouldn't listen to me <laughs> yes, so yeah it, 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 it's painful <laughs> yes I was there when he uh, 
I grew know, up watching ECW. It still doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And I was I was there the uh, the previous Bound for Glory when he caught himself on fire in Chicago. And uh, oh yeah, that was uh, that was not unpleasant. And then just wandered into the bar about an hour later as if nothing had happened. But uh, he's a he's a, yeah. he's, a, he's a tough old fella. Is uh, another is another softy in wrestling. A complete. Softy, but yeah, he's one of those. Every now and again, you know how they say this thing about uh, the very best wrestling characters are one that are extensions of their own personality, and they talk about people like so that's what Stone Cold's like, and that's what Cena's like. Every now and again, there's an exception. I'm going to say that there's no way that Chris is anything like Abyss. It's like he's a, a very different character. He's a lovely yes. fella. Yeah. And, and then, be, yeah, sorry, go on. Joseph Park, of course, another another great character. I love Joseph Park. I was very thrown off when I read. The other day, I, I thought I read the other day that Anthony Joshua was rest, was fighting Joseph Park. I read that. <laughs> Turns out it's Joseph Parker. It's someone entirely different. I'd have paid for the first one. I would have been. Uh, that would have been great yeah. fun. Um, the we... Dana White hasn't got on that yet. Well, <laughs> I mean, if he's listening, you know, you never know. Um, anything else to uh, just just add on this uh, on this match before we uh, sort of move on to some other stuff? Any sort of uh, general thoughts about the uh, the contest? Um, going back to. Um... Rhonda. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, it's quite interesting that she is a fan yeah. um, of wrestling, and she grew up loving Rowdy Roddy Piper, and he gave her permission to use the name, um, and that uh, Roddy Piper's son gave her his jacket as well. That's right, yeah. So that's why I was wondering why why she had that jacket, but now I know that his son actually gave that to her. Um, so you know, I think that is coming from such a nice place and she wants to do him proud and she felt a bit you know rude using his name but I I just think that's just lovely it's nice (laughs) it's really really nice and I just hope that she does well and I hope that you know uh, I I think it's a big acquisition for WWE Um, and if she trains and hopefully she can do crossover into the into the wrestling ring yeah I mean if she turns out to be you know anything approaching you know even average then it's going to be a, a big thing for WWE because she's such a name and you know the, the character seems to fit and, and everything it's just yeah. interesting I agree with exactly your sentiments about all the, the Piper stuff and the thing is is that you said it's you know it's, it's lovely and it's nice and I agree but do wrestling fans want lovely and nice this is the thing is that or well, do they want do they want beer swilling and middle fingers and you know and that's well, what it's is... what it's all led to and it's if if they do reject her I'm not saying reject her you know completely but if they do go down the route of booing her maybe she uses that to her advantage and maybe that's the what she can throw back at them you know I tried my best and I did the respected the the history and you booed me so screw yeah. you that's why I'm drawing parallels with Kurt Angle because mm. uh, I think that's what happened and that's just it wrestling fans don't want lovely and nice which is why the Angle baby face version of him failed and uh, you know she rather Ronda comes to the ring smiling and stuff when actually she didn't do that in the UFC she wanted to kill the other person mm. um, I just don't see baby face for her just not fitting at all because that's not what she's about she might be like, like that outside of the ring or the octagon but um, the way they're doing it now, I see what they're doing, but yeah, we'll see. I guess timing is everything. I, I also think about, um, especially now that that movie I, Tonya is out, when all that thing happened way back in the day with Tonya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. Um, you know, Tonya became such a celebrity, she did, yeah, or, yeah. albeit for the wrong reasons, but I think it might have been. I forget which company it was. It was a Japanese country. I don't know if it was New Japan or All Japan. Offered her a wrestling contract, um, 
and that would have been huge but I don't think it worked out so now Ronda's kind of come out of that spotlight from the UFC hopefully they can keep some sort of momentum going because um, she's still a name she's still a name so. she, she is and just, maybe just to put a bow on that particular topic and branch enough of what you just said there is that you know if there was anyone I mean people speculated who was Ronda going to wrestle and there's this list of people you know with Charlotte and Asuka near the top but plenty of others that, uh, that she could wrestle and some of you know poked up an eyebrow um, rock style about the fact that it's uh, Stephanie who's going to be the first person that she's in there with but in some ways if they're a bit unsure about you know cheers or boos if there's anyone that she's kind of guaranteed to get cheered for beating up or making tap out it's probably someone like Steph so on the yes. big on the big scale of Wrestlemania in a in a week you know in a in a show where we're worrying about are they going to boo Roman Reigns in the main event well they might well be getting on uh, Ronda's side even if it's one night only because uh, Steph plays the uh, the bad guy so well yeah, totally agree with that. And it goes back into what we said about them protecting her. So not only just in the ring, because maybe down the line, her against Charlotte or Anaska would be great. Um, but she's clearly not ready. Um, and then, yes, to get the cheers. And, you know, she's obviously with Kurt Angle as well, uh, giving her the rub. So, yeah, I, I think hopefully this will work for her. And Stephanie's fantastic at, you know getting somebody to boo her getting the crowd to boo her and cheer the other person so yeah she's a pro all, all day long well she was willing to uh, get a little bit beaten up by Ronda a couple of manias ago and then to go through a table at the uh, at the hands of uh, Seth and her husband last year so I'm sure she'll be uh, willing to yeah. do something to uh, to help Ms Rousey out um, and maybe we'll be talking about uh, Ronda v Charlotte or Ronda v Asuka when we talk about Wrestlemania 35 who knows yeah. um, is there anything else on the show that's um, uh, that catches your eye one or two matches that uh, you're most looking forward to or most intrigued by um, I'm quite intrigued by um, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura mm -hmm. um, huge AJ Styles fan um, again um, obviously didn't know him personally but uh, was there around the whole TNA Impact time when he was there um, for me I think he's the best wrestler right now. Um, I know he's been wrestling for so long, so it does, you know, a lot of people don't see his older stuff, um, maybe, you know, in Japan and TNA, but against Nakamura, it's going to be just, it's going to tear the, tear the house down. It's just going to be amazing. So, yeah. And I mean, Shinsuke can do no wrong at the moment. He's just incredible. So It was... Yeah. We have several moments that are uh, we always talk about being right up there when it comes to hooked on wrestling parties. Certainly in my experiences of the ones in London, um, and a couple of them would be things like uh, the Hardys returning last year at WrestleMania, Daniel Bryan winning the title that year at WrestleMania. But I think the one that still stands out above most would be when AJ appeared as number three in the Royal Rumble. And if anything's rivaled it, it might just be when Nakamura won the Rumble this year. So perhaps in you know in our little bubble of uh, of the hooked on world, I think AJ and Shinsuke might be re responsible for the two biggest reactions we've ever seen. So uh, let's see if they can top that in the uh, in a couple of weeks' time. It's certainly uh, uh, a match that's uh, I think most of our fans I think if we uh, if we put it out there to people would be. Uh, uh, that would be the one that they would have at the top of their list as being the uh, the show stealer, as it were. But there's another name that's on everyone's lips this week. It's been the uh, the, the massive story of the week. I think it's something that we dreamed was going to happen, but didn't actually think it was going to on the WWE level anyway. But Daniel Bryan is cleared for competition. It looks like he's going to be uh, uh, alongside Shane against uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That looks like the route that they're going. First of all, 
Are you excited for? Uh, this sounds like a silly question. But are you excited for Daniel Bryan being back? Um, there's only one word I can say, you know, <laughs> and that is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, just fan of his since early ROH, and just, I mean, how can you not like him? Outstanding uh, in the ring, hilarious outside the ring. Um, I don't want to say I watch like Total Bellas or anything like that, but you know he's even on that. So yeah, he, he's just all rounder. Um, so again, uh, I, I don't want to say I worry about him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting sensitive in my old age. Um, but yeah, it's it's fantastic news. Everyone's buzzing about it. Um, and if that is what he's going to be doing at WrestleMania it's going to be brilliant um, Owens and Zayn just I've uh, got nothing bad to say about those guys they're so I just love them they're great um, so yeah it'll, it'll be great the question I'm putting to everybody to uh, to round off each of these sections um, is if we put the, uh, the the match with Owens and Zayn to one side at uh, WrestleMania uh, after that so however long Daniel Bryan's next stint may last whether it's a few months, whether it's 10 years, however long it might be, who's the one person that you'd pick out from the current WWE roster that you'd say, I really want to see Daniel Bryan versus blank? Um, I think, as I mentioned, like AJ Nakamura. I mean, for me, those two are the best performers at the moment. Um, AJ versus uh, Daniel Bryan would be fantastic. It just does stand out, doesn't it? It's, uh, I don't even have to say anything more. I'm just visualising it. It's just it's going to be epic. It would be epic if that happened. It really um, would. And it's just it's just it's one of those ones where someone will mention someone that you haven't yet thought of, and you go, "Oh yeah, there's them as well." They're just the yeah. list is endless. If he can just stay fit and they can do the right thing yeah. with him, then even Kurt. Yeah. You know. Um, that was my sort of actual dream match. If you know, if you, I don't like that term. It's a bit overused. But um, yeah, for years and years and years when. You know, Kurt was in TNA. I was dying for them to sign Brian Danielson when no, he was in Ring of too, Honor. No, me too, Rob. Me and, too. And that would have been the one. You know, that that really could have uh, pushed them somewhere that they hadn't been before if they'd have been able to get that match. But of course, they got Samoa Joe, and the the Joe Angle stuff was incredible. If uh, if yes. Danielson had gone there at the same time, goodness me. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. But there's there's another one. You know, I know they've wrestled before, but to see to see Joe and Brian again would be uh, would be a treat it would be great yeah I'd love them to do AJ and Joe again you know uh, that would be really good um, I'd love to see how they treat that I'd love to see how because they've done AJ and Nakamura and they've kind of said oh they wrestled in Japan they've, they've not gone mm. explicitly and said it was at New Japan Wrestle Kingdom but they've pretty much given you that they've wrestled before but I don't think that they'd say AJ Styles and Samoa Joe were the kingpins of TNA wrestling. But it'd be interesting to see no. how they. Uh, I bet they call it like a a rivalry on the indies, a little bit similar to how they've gone with the the Owens and Zayn stuff. I would have thought. Yes, um, I just thought of another one then. Um, uh, maybe Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, be an interesting uh, an interesting. I would say clash of styles, but it could be. In fact, that maybe maybe could be an in for Bryan. You know, if, if they're not gonna, you know, shoot him to the top immediately, then I could certainly see him. Uh, Winning a feud with with Bobby Roode on the uh, on the way back to the uh, the top there that would uh, that would work. We could oh, honestly we could, so we could play this all day, couldn't we? There. It's um, you know they, I think that yeah, for, I mean Finn Balor that's a that's an epic. I want, I've been trying to think of whether there's been a Daniel Bryan and sort of Prince Devitt crossover at any point. They probably wrestled for 
there's some indie company somewhere but uh, I think I think sometimes it just changes even if you've seen something before to see it on the landscape of WWE and then to take one step further WrestleMania is you know is that it just adds everything it doesn't matter if you've seen it before it just that's where you want to see it isn't it really exactly yeah so you talked about the Hardys last year I mean that was epic just seeing so many people do the delete sign when previously I'd seen it in a very small place you know with mm few hundred people doing it and then seeing it at Wrestlemania with so many thousands of people doing it it's it is it sends chills up your back though yeah it is a little bit surreal and um, maybe we're going to get a moment like that again on uh, on April the 8th coming up soon for uh, for Wrestlemania and uh, if you're going to the show in Leicester then uh, Jade is going to take you through and is going to be your host for the night and uh, I imagine you uh, you can barely wait can you I can't wait I cannot wait it's gonna oh I, I just can't even fathom it I'm counting the days down actually it's in my diary <laughs> uh, well it's uh, it's not many now so we uh, we hope you have a, a wonderful time and we'll uh, we'll get you back on after uh, after Wrestlemania to, to tell us all how it went how does that sound please do please do So there you have it, four different people giving some of their views on WrestleMania. I think we've covered off the top four matches there on WrestleMania. And fun to listen to different people's thoughts on how they got into WrestleMania, the kind of things that they look forward to, the similarities and the differences. What did you think about what everyone had to say? So for those particular shows, if you're interested in those hosts, if you were particularly excited by what Gilligan Gordon had to say, you can go along and you can see him hosting in Chester. Uh, Stevie, of course, who was uh, up second, is with us in London. He's our music guy uh, helping us out in the Clapham Grand in London. Uh, third, we heard Chris Hatch, and he is hosting for us in Newbury. And then, of course, last, Jade O'Malley, uh, who was talking about the mixed tag, will be our host in Leicester. So if you are near any of those venues, do make sure you get along. And indeed, wherever you are in the country, check out hookedonevents.co.uk or go to ringsideworld.co.uk to find out more about our tickets. Just search for Hooked on Wrestling, and you can do that on social media as well. So thank you for all of those participants. I think uh, some good food for thought there. And wasn't it interesting to see the difference of opinion, not difference of opinion, but the different names that people came up with um, as far as the matches for Daniel Bryan go? You very quickly in your head go, yeah, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. But then someone else brings up Finn Balor. I don't, I don't think I'd thought about Finn Balor. And I you know, mentally smacked myself when I heard Steve Cox say about Finn Balor because how would I not thought about that? Oh, no, was he the one that said Samoa Joe? I do beg your pardon. I might have that in the wrong order. But Samoa Joe and Finn Balor and AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, there are so many options. And indeed, we went uh, to the Hooked On fans on our Facebook page earlier on and we asked them um, we didn't ask them quite as simple a question as I asked our hosts I, mean, I was asking our hosts uh, essentially who would you most like to see um, Daniel Bryan wrestle which is you know a pretty straightforward question I think and one that uh, everyone would have an opinion on and uh, would find it uh, relatively easy to answer but the exact wording of the Facebook question was uh, how well the, the second part of it anyway was how would you book Bryan immediately after Mania and as we said on there, we expected that uh, opinion would vary, and they certainly did. So um, if we run through uh, some of the answers that we received, uh, Matt Barber uh, was the one that brought up uh, a match with Pete Dunne. You heard uh, Chris Hatch talk about uh, Daniel Bryan versus Pete Dunne. I had never thought about that at all, but uh, that really would be 
something to see. Uh, Chris Stemp, who is uh, someone we will see at our London party, and has been a previous winner of Paul Benson's Sheep Quiz. Uh, he didn't. Uh, he didn't say it with words. He said it with a GIF, as so many do these days. And that GIF is the Miz pointing at the screen. Well, I'm sure that uh, I feel. I feel like that's the most nailed-on first place for them to go with Daniel Bryan. Um, Jade mentioned Bobby Roode. I'd like to see that as well. But uh, I think Daniel Bryan versus the Miz is probably where they go first up. Does it mean that the Miz retains his title and then heads to SmackDown? There's plenty that they could do if they could do a superstar shake-up. Although they might just want to have Miz. Um, and <laughs> just get beaten up. I think they may well go with Miz retaining his title when uh, uh, Rollins and uh, Rollins and Finn get in each other's way, and Miz retains and then heads on the SmackDown, and Daniel Bryan wins a title with his first real match back, first singles match back. How about that? Uh, Stuart McTaggart says um, he's got plenty to say, in fact, but he says after Mania, it's a superstar shake-up. Bring Balor to SmackDown and have him go for the champion, either Styles or Nakamura, saying he never lost. I mean, that's true. As uh, Stuart mentions, it was the universal title that he uh, that he never lost, but it's still a title, and that uh, he wants a crack at the WWE Championship. But then Daniel Bryan comes out and says basically the same. I had to retire before I had my title shot. And then have three of them feud for the championship. So uh, Stewart is essentially advocating Brian versus Bala versus one of Styles or Nakamura. Whoa, be still my beating wrestling heart. Um, Francis Reyes uh, says that uh, Daniel Bryan could sign himself to be a free agent. Um, but give himself a title shot because uh, he's, uh, he's a GM at the moment. So that's uh, interesting that he can book his own match of course. But, uh, if he's staying as the uh, the GM. Indeed that's what Kurt's been up to. Um and Francis does say he would like to see him take on Miz at Survivor Series or SummerSlam. That's not really immediately afterwards, but uh, uh, certainly uh, SummerSlam they could make the build to, uh, to Brian v. Miz, I suppose. Uh, plan B is make Brian the winner of the greatest Royal Rumble match. If you haven't heard about that, then uh, in the Middle East they're going to be having a 50-person Royal Rumble match. And uh, Francis is saying make Brian the winner of that and give him a title shot like they used to do with the King of the Ring. Not a bad shout. Uh, Wayne Russell says that he'd like to see Daniel Bryan versus Miz. Although if Rollins were to go to SmackDown as the Intercontinental Champion, that could be a hell of a feud. It certainly could. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, throw him straight into programs with the people we want to see him with. Styles, Nakamura, Bala, Miz, Zayn, Owens. Book it and take my money, says Jimmy. <laughs> He's not the only one, by the way. There'll be plenty of people lining up. And uh, I'm going to say it with a slightly commercial hat on as far as Hooked On goes. Please book Daniel Bryan into some big matches at our pay-per-view shows because Daniel Bryan is money, folks. As you heard me mention on the podcast, it's the biggest SmackDown rating, I believe, and since last April, nearly a year uh, since they had a, as good a SmackDown rating. And it can't be a coincidence that it's when fans found out that Daniel Bryan was going to be uh, the centre of the show talking about his wrestling comeback. People will pay to see Daniel Bryan. Uh, Daniel Same says the superstar shake-up. He's not the first person to mention that. And he says that Daniel Bryan, still the SmackDown GM in his last act, trades Miz to SmackDown Live to face him. All good so far. And then Daniel adds a bit of a coup de gras by saying, cue Miz with an epic Home Alone-style horrified face. <laughs> and if anyone can portray that, I'm sure it would be Miz. Uh, certainly there's a, a bit of a consensus that um, that could be somewhere where they're going straight away. But Jason Cantwell goes down a slightly different line. Jason says, 
he would use Daniel Bryan pretty much how they utilise in Angle, an authority figure who semi-regularly, two to three times a year maybe, defends his decision in the ring. And that's an interesting approach from Jason because we're all going, brilliant, let's do Styles, let's do Nakamura, let's do whatever. Actually, perhaps the more pragmatic approach is to have Daniel Bryan wrestle sparingly. If he goes out and wrestles a full schedule straight away, are we going to use him up? Is he going to take a bang on the head and be done by Christmas and there's no more Daniel Bryan? Maybe it's safer, certainly in the the, the interim, um, to go with only two or three matches a year. If you listen to, uh, to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, as I'm sure you uh, mostly do, it's an excellent show. You'll have heard him quite recently talk about Shawn Michaels wrestling Triple H when he came back. When would that have been? 2002 or so for that SummerSlam match? Um, that uh, that Triple H came uh, sorry that Sean came back for to trip, face Triple H, meant to be a one-time deal, and then you know before you knew it, Michaels was wrestling in the uh, the Elimination Chamber, winning the title, wrestling at WrestleMania against Jericho, and off we went to the races for another um, you know eight or nine years of wonderful Sean Michaels action. So, and Sean wasn't necessarily the person that wrestled the most during that era. They used him um, not sparingly necessarily. He was on a lot of shows, but uh, Sean was not necessarily. Uh, you know, used as fodder wrestling every single week. So maybe Jason is onto something. Two or three times a year might be a little bit on the uh, the skinny side. I get the feeling that Brian wants to be much more involved than that. But uh, Jason has a very good point, which I think we should, we should probably uh, keep on side. Um, Alan Brooks wants Daniel Bryan to turn heel in the match and turn on Shane. If he turns on Shane, if he does anything, Alan, Daniel Bryan is a babyface. I would be I would be so shocked to well actually I wouldn't be shocked to see them try to turn him heel but I don't think he could do anything I think he could do the most heinous appalling acts you know to live baby kittens on some Raw or Smackdown and I think they would still chant yes I'm sorry to say that suggesting that wrestling fans are a bit bloodthirsty but uh, I really do think Daniel Bryan is being cheered whatever he does um it's almost impossible to turn him heel, I think. Maybe one day, a little bit down the line, I think he's got the skill to do it, but I don't think... Does anyone really want to see Daniel Bryan in that kind of position? If we're turning somewhere, someone heel, it might be the guy that's got the initials double R, and I don't mean Robert Roode, although he could go heel as well. Um, Tony Benson, uh, no relation to uh, the erstwhile showbiz Paul, says that he would like to see a match-slash-feud between Bryan and Nakamura or Styles. That certainly seems to be uh, something people are going with, which begs the question, how soon will they pitch Brian into the big things? Are they going to go softly? Are they going to go Miz, Ziggler, Rude, people like that, and have him built up before we get into some of the big ones? Are we going to spin off of the WrestleMania match and see singles matches with Sami Zayn, with Kevin Owens? Or are we going to go straight in? Maybe WWE are not convinced that Daniel Bryan will last all that long. So maybe we go in headlong. Maybe he has a part in a tag team match at WrestleMania. And before we know it, Daniel Bryan books himself against AJ Styles at the next pay-per-view. Daniel Bryan books himself against Nakamura. Who knows? Um, maybe they trade him at some point and get him onto Raw. So he gets to face Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. And um, maybe Kurt Angle. Wow, that was a dream match I had many years ago. Um, you know, to see Kurt Angle versus Daniel Bryan. Maybe we'll see that again. There are so many possibilities um, and isn't it just nice to be able to think about that and speculate and even if we get to see half of them let's not go down the route um, of you know sadness and outrage that he doesn't get to wrestle so and so because actually I'd rather they they did half of the matches that we're talking about but treated them as important than I would 
Um, him just going out all guns blazing, having a couple and getting hurt again, or indeed having those matches just for the sake of it, just to say that we've seen Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn, for example. There are so many people um, that I want to see him wrestle. Um, you can even go onto the NXT roster. Um, oh my goodness me, Daniel Bryan versus Johnny Gargano. Oh, <laughs> they were talking about Johnny Gargano being the kind of new Daniel Bryan with the way that he was treated around the, well, is being treated around the Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, escapades. Imagine if you got to a point where you got Johnny over like you got Daniel Bryan over. That's another question to ask, actually. Does that hinder people like Johnny Gargano? Does it hinder people like Roman Reigns for a completely different reason? You know, now that Daniel Bryan is back, he is the de facto number one babyface, probably joint number one in a lot of people's eyes with AJ Styles. How, if they do have a match between those two? Where do you go? Do you have Daniel Bryan beating people, but then you're worried that he might have to retire? So what if you bring back Daniel Bryan, put him over AJ, put him over Nakamura, put him over Reigns, put him over Cena, and then Daniel Bryan has to retire again? And you've just beaten your four top guys, and then the person that's meant to be capitalising on that, out of the game. It's another question to answer. Um, I'm not the person to answer them, and neither are you. But uh, what will be fun is finding out the answers over the upcoming weeks, months, and let's hope years. Shawn Michaels was out for four years. We thought he was retired for good. And when he came back, not only did we get a long, long period of watching Shawn Michaels, we got Shawn at probably his best. Daniel Bryan has been wrestling from a very young age. He's still in his 30s. He may still have a good 10 or so years at least to offer to the sports entertainment world. And if he can look after himself, and let's face it, that is the main thing, that he stays healthy, um, doesn't do anything too silly. I don't want to see any diving headbutts, please, Daniel. Um, but hopefully um, he will stay in good shape. And I want to say, this is something that people might um, bypass, but um, a big, big thumbs up to the WWE and their wellness policy, which gets plenty of... Uh, uh, of stick, but don't tell me they wouldn't have rather had Daniel Bryan in a position where he could make more money for the company. I think they were looking after his best interests, and I think they have taken the decisions to re, uh, you know, renew what they were looking at to um, reassess, and they've eventually decided that he's in good enough shape to um, participate. But rest assured, folks, if he gets a bang on the noggin, and if he starts, you know, acting up again, and they'll take a look at him, they'll take him and they'll put him straight back on that shelf. So. Um, we don't want too much all guns blazing from Daniel Bryan straight out of the gate, I don't think. I'm already worried because the very first thing he did was throw all those mad drop kicks and take a beating from um, Zayn and Owens and take the powerbomb on the on the uh, the ring apron. So um, if you've got brain trauma, taking powerbombs is not the thing. But then perhaps he doesn't have brain trauma, and that's the whole point of the, uh, the testing uh, to say that he's clear. Either way, what a positive news story uh, in the build-up to Wrestlemania than to see the return of Daniel Bryan by the time you listen to this it's probably getting on to the weekend uh, of the 24th 25th or so of March and that means we are only two weeks away so if you're excited for Wrestlemania like I know I now am uh, then why not come and join Hooked on Wrestling to watch Wrestlemania in the very very best way possible without actually being in New Orleans itself Search for Hooked on Wrestling on social media. Go to hookedonevents.co.uk and go to ringsideworld.co.uk for information and for tickets to join us in one of 23 venues all around the world, across the UK and indeed into Canada for the first time. That's all from us on this week's Hooked on podcast. Um, it was 
sort of just me, but of course on other terms there was five of us on this week's show. So a big thank you to Gilligan Gordon, to Stevie Cox, to Chris Hatch and to Jade O'Malley. Uh, the old fella will be back next week. Showbiz Paul Benson should be back on the uh, on the show next week um, after he's had a much needed holiday to recharge his batteries uh, alongside all the hard work he is doing for Hooked On. So he will be back then and we will have more guests, more chat and lots lots more to talk about as we get to the build up to Wrestlemania so all that remains for me to say is that I've been Rob McNichol and I just remind you that this crazy old game that we follow is wrestling so you should enjoy it and we'll see you very soon <laughs>